On tonight's very episode, very special holiday episode of the podcast, we're doing our spoiler-filled review for Spider-Man No Way Home, and we're talking about the top ten, five, I was going to say ten, talking about the top five movies, comics, and video games of 2021. Let's get into it. <laughs> It is Friday night in Phoenix for you, Wednesday night in Phoenix for us, and you're listening to the holiday episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I am Lance. I am Max. And I am Ish. Yes, joining us from Fantastic Worlds Comics in Scottsdale, Arizona, we have Ish. Had to bring a man who knows his movies in to talk Spider-Man No Way Home with me. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we. Yeah. I've been excited about this all week having Ish on. It's gonna be yeah. a great show. You know, I, I go down with with Omicron for one week, and I forget how to intro the show. I can't talk. <laughs> and, and just you know, you know, man. you did a better job introing the show than I did when we like last minute right before the show. We're like, wait, Matt doesn't have a voice. Shouldn't one of us do it? Nah, you're so I just took you the reins. <laughs> you did a great sir. job. Great Thank job, you. sir. But uh, yeah, do we want to do you want to lead off the show with with spoiling? Spider-Man No Way Home. Just like I'm list down. the spoilers, boom, boom, boom. Just, just, just go through go through the idea to talk about the movies. What you thought. Let's finally I could finally say why I didn't like the movie or why there's things I don't like about the movie. You gave it Let's an start. eight out of ten, though. So you I did. liked I it. I did give it an eight out of ten. That's a strong score. That's pretty high praise. <laughs> I liked it, but there's there's things that I'm interested to see what Ish says. There's things about the movie that I feel do not fit the core of this character. And it just kind of felt like they were off. They missed the mark a little bit. I completely agree. So Um, are are we going to get into that or like, do it? Do we need to put something on the screen as spoilers or is it just because it's in the title? We're just, that's that's what they're here for. Like if they're listening to the beginning of it, we're saying, should we spoil this? (laughs) And we have to start talking about it. That's their own fault at this point. So Matt, I know your grievances. Uh, the 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 specific one is Aunt May dying, right? Yes, that's a big one for me. Yes, Ish, oh, you, that was the best part. Of the movie. I agree. I, so I, yeah, I I felt it was unnecessary. I was overjoyed by that death. But if you're if you're a fan of Spider Man, the character and the comics and stuff, Aunt May is kind of like his emotional core. Where does he get that now? Like Aunt May's always kind of been there to like steer Peter in the right direction, and now nobody knows who he is. So it's like well, here's, Alfred. Yeah, and here's my here's my thing with this is that I understand in the context of the movie, the other Spider-Mans have their pain. They have that Uncle Ben moment. You never really saw an Uncle Ben moment in the MCU Spider-Man because They've kind of always he's when we find when we meet Peter, he's already been Spider-Man for a, a little bit. So he doesn't get that Uncle Ben moment. So yeah. I oh go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say for me, where that Uncle Ben moment comes in is Tony Stark. Tony Stark yes. dying in at the end of Endgame is his Uncle Ben moment. That Mr. Stark, we won Mr. Stark. That's that's his Uncle Ben moment. That's his his transition into why he does what he does to, to, to in that whole in 
far from home. He's struggling with that whole identity crisis of being the new Iron Man and people looking at him being the new Iron Man. He didn't need that in this. May is his emotional north. May is his north, his his moral north. And so if you're looking at like, I mean, even in the events of one more day, the dude made a deal with the devil to give up his relationship and his child, his future child with his high school sweetheart to save his aunt. And in this movie, he's just like, cool, man, I'm going to let her die. That's like not Spider-Man. May is as important to this character as Peter Parker himself is. Well, I think a little issue with letting her die. He didn't let her die. She got killed by Green. No, Java. he's talking about Marvel letting her yes. die. Oh, okay. Yes. So, uh, I have something to say for that. So, so I have a couple uh, theories. Okay, these are all theories. So, first of all, when we see Aunt May's gravestone at the end of the movie, where Peter and Happy are standing in front of it, normally when a spouse dies, that spouse would be buried next to her another spouse. Well, there's no Uncle Ben gravestone next to Aunt May. I was thinking the same thing. So. I'm almost of the assumption that Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben is still alive and that no. Uncle Ben could take the mantle of because no, he's man. never mentioned dude, he's never mentioned in the entire in the entire MCU his uncle dying. He mentioned no, there's the if. briefcase, the BP yeah. initial briefcase. Yeah, in the suitcase in uh yeah. far in suitcase. um far from home. Yeah, but it's it's never said that he died. And what if is a different That's universe, true. so you can't use what if. That's a different. No, it's Spider-Man. not. What if it's it's it's, yeah, it's um, far from home. He's his briefcase or his suitcase has the Benjamin Parker initials on it. No, I'm, and I'm not trying to dispute that he exists. What I'm saying is that nowhere is you it think he's still alive. He died. They could be yes. divorced. They yeah. could be divorced. Could be a, a divorcee out there. I think that is. I think that is. Uh, what's the word? Um on purpose that they, the fact that they don't mention him ever dying, the fact that we know that he exists because of the briefcase. And the third thing of why wasn't there a grave grave stone with Ben Parker's name next to it? Like if he was cremated and they didn't bury him, well, why didn't Aunt May get the same thing? Like they would have something on there. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. I think, I think he passed away. They mentioned in Spider-Man homecoming with everything going on with May. I just don't want to burden her with this. It's it's vague on purpose. I know. I know. I think in the original homecoming, they purposely didn't have uncle Ben because I think it was just something they didn't want to retreat retread a third time. I I think in each of the trilogies, there's always something like, well, we got to do this differently this time. Thomas Wayne. They were just like, yeah, we're not going to do the death of uncle Ben. We're not going to do the bitten by the spider. We're just going to move on. So maybe, now they kind of have to retcon an Uncle Ben back in, or well, I mean, I mean, they they've already established that this Spider-Man, uh, this cinematic version of Spider-Man is going to be different than the other cinematic versions of Spider-Man, right? So they've changed all these things. They made Aunt May much younger. They made MJ. They changed MJ's name. Uh, we haven't even met a Norman or a Harry Osborn yet, except for the the alternate universe one. Um, Norman, yeah, I think they even mentioned in No Way Home that Oscorp doesn't exist. Yeah, and his son doesn't exist. So there's a lot of a there's a lot of things that are different about this version of Spider-Man than what we've seen prior. And what better way to make this Spider-Man different in the in the eyes of 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 uh, 
of us as as an audience to kill Aunt May and make Uncle Ben his his forward point. You know what I mean? But here's, his North Star. here's the biggest flaw in your your theory, though. Hmm. I wish everyone forgets who Peter Parker is. Boom, gone. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to last. I think there's going to be some people. They, the MJ and Ned thing. Okay, so first of all, at the end of the movie, uh, uh, Peter Parker goes to Doctor Strange case, says, okay, make everybody forget who I, am, who I am. This includes Ned. This includes Happy. This includes MJ. And he tells MJ, I'm going to come find you, and I'm going to tell you who I am. And he gets to the restaurant, see that are that their lives are better, and he decides not to. But I don't think that's going to last. And if it doesn't last for MJ and Ned, then it may not last for Ben Parker. I think I think there's an easy way to bring him in. Does the spell get rid of uh, Mysterio's video and all the Jameson vlog videos? I think so. Yeah, because we saw. I I think that that is fixed when J Jonah Jameson at the end says we don't know who spider-man is and and all like all that is just stricken from memory and videos are erased and that's what i'm saying a memory is different than like a, a digital video you know what i mean I, I feel like the parameters of the spell are so they're kind of so vague. vague very vague so i, I think, think it's heavily go back and change time mysterio like the implications are insane what about the other two peter parkers and their multiverses are their lives completely ruined now because nobody remembers them all of a sudden yeah. that's what i wasn't sure about did it apply to every peter parker or just this yeah you and i talked sense? about that right man a lot of a lot of questions yeah, i think it's just this peter parker and i think i think there are issues but I, I i think that they're basically trying to say it's magic all the digital files are gone too peter parker just doesn't exist anymore basically because well, if you notice that, the, that everyone forgets mysterio well yeah that probably would have been better but what i mean what i'm saying why didn't they just go with you know, this movie is a mixture of comic book storylines from one more day, one moment in time and brand new day. So why didn't they just go with the, the one moment in time moment where he does the spell and makes everybody forget who Spider-Man is, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, except for the people that are in the bubble when he's doing the spell. So it could have been he's doing the spell that so he remembers who that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but Ned and MJ don't. I think the flaw in the movie is the big flaw in the movie for me is the 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 final wish of making everyone forget Peter Par who Peter Parker is because where does he it writes him out of they write themselves into a corner when it goes to any future MCU movies. Well, what do the what, Avengers what, think? Right. What are They're they like, going to do? Who's the Spider Dude who appeared right. out of nowhere? Yeah. You know? Exactly. What? How are they going to get a hold of Spider Man to go help with the next Avengers level threat? You know. What what happens when Galactus shows up or whoever they got coming down the pipeline shows up and they need help from Spider-Man, but they don't know how to get a hold of him. And that is what's weird because it seems like people know Spider-Man exists. They just don't know who he is. So right. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know if people are going to remember who he is per se or if they're going to have to rebuild those relationships um, or, or what. But I don't think it's going to be hard for uh, Peter. Well, his to... entire identity is wiped out. Yes. Yeah, because he, he yeah, doesn't he even a have GED a high school book. diploma anymore. Yeah, he's not even he's there's no record of his existence. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a you know how do you, how that's, do you move on? That's sad. How's, it's how does the sad dude ending. even run an apartment at the end of the yeah, movie with no pass? credit score? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was really hoping it was going to be the guy from uh, the original Spider-Man movies. Oh, Rent. That yeah, guy. I, thought, I was thinking yeah. that was really funny. <laughs> the Rent guy. 
but I understand they were going for an emotional moment. So if you had that guy in there, it probably would have messed it up. But I don't know, man. I, I think I think it was a very sad ending to the movie. I think it's interesting, though. I think it could be cool in the future to see see what happens. I mean, are people going to remember who he is via some spell that Doctor Strange does to reverse things? Or is something a multiverse of madness going to kind of cause things to revert? Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But I kind of like the idea that he has to start over. It's crazy. It's weird. But I think it's kind of kind of leaves room for some new storytelling that we haven't haven't seen before. Max, I think you bring up a great point. Like this this Spider-Man trilogy is all about changing the character that we think we all know, right? It's it's been that way since day one. I mean, the um who his friends are and 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 Aunt May and and all these things, it's just been completely different than everything we've seen prior. And this is just another way to make that character different. I, I, feel I think like the core, the core of Spider-Man is there though in all three. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but, you're just changing the window dressing. Yeah. It just kind of, it kind of puts Spider-Man in a position that we're not familiar with and it keeps us guessing. And they got us, they got us doing exactly what they wanted sure. us to yeah. do is dissect this movie and be perplexed about, because they've already said another three are coming. Right. With yeah, they're fast tracking of the fourth movie. Yeah, another three are coming, and we still have all this multiverse mumbo jumbo because of Morbius and Venom and and all these other things. Like, there's still all these threads that are that are loose. Yeah. Well, and that leads to the question of when does Morbius take place? Because we know Michael Keaton's in it as Vulture. Vulture knew who Spider Man was, but if it takes place after No Way Home, he no longer knows who Spider Man is. Well, and it's obvious. It's clear from Venom that Morbius and Venom are in the same universe, but Spider-Man is not in that universe. Doesn't the trailer have like a Easter egg where it's a Spider-Man, a poster of Spider-Man, and it says on it, killer. Murderer, Murderer yeah. Murderer. And it, so that and feels it's like it's a post-reveal, identity reveal, kind of. Or um, The other thing I you think, killed too, Mysterio. Is, the vibes I kind of got from this movie, too, is that this movie was being written during the Sony Marvel rift, during the uh, we don't know if we're going to do any more movies under the Marvel banner, mar- under the Marvel Studios Disney banner. It almost feels like they wrote themselves out of the MCU with this. Because now that we've got the, the stuff with the Easter egg at the end with the Venom Easter egg. And they've separated Venom from Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock. Like, yeah, boom, and he's they've, back, but we they've established Venom. that Venom is not part of this universe, that he's from a different the Venom we know with Eddie Brock. Currently, it's from a different universe, which I loved. Or multiverse, yeah, so game of game for that. They separate all that and they, they reset everything. They why they they erase all of the characters that are tied to the MCU with Ned and MJ and and all that. They erase all of that. So it almost feels like they wrote this during that, and now they're gonna have to figure out a way to to write themselves out of it and, and keep it going. With the MCU since they're fast tracking three more movies. Well, I think that maybe maybe your point still stands in the idea of they were writing this movie and because everyone forgets who Peter Parker is, maybe the, their world was, well, we can continue this Spider-Man because no one in the MCU knows who he is anymore. And we could it's just kind of like a soft reboot. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So I think it would have worked if that if that's what their intention was. But it seems like the intention is to keep him in the MCU. And I love that. And I'm very excited about it. Um, I don't know. I, I think it opens up a lot of possibilities. But Not only him, but there it's like this movie to me was i felt like a redemption story 
for the Toby and Andrew Garfield movies. And that's yeah. what you got with the villains was that that redemption arc. Oh, so, so much good to so see that. that so much so that it's got people's eyes on the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man again. And yeah. everyone is remembering and seeing what that could have been to their point. They're talking about doing three more movies with him plus an additional movie with Toby. That would be awesome. So they're they're talking about having all these different Spider-Man movies going on now with these different versions of this character. That... I think that'd be amazing. I think the Toby one is unrealistic. He's way too old. I'm not as yeah, I'm not as interested in the Toby one. Not that it wouldn't be cool, but I would love to see more Andrew Garfield movies. I he's still my favorite Spider-Man. I, I just love him. I know Amazing Spider-Man wasn't the best movie, but he is so good. And seeing him back just re reaffirmed that for me. Like well, and his I, quippiness and just oh, he's so good. So I've made good. this point. I've made this point numerous times. Toby was an excellent Peter Parker. Andrew was an excellent, excellent Spider-Man. Tom does both very well. Um, where where Andrew I felt was lacking as Peter and Toby was lacking as Spider-Man, but Tom does both very, very well. And there's a duality to this character, and that's why it works so well. And that's why and Batman's <clears throat> the same way. And DC's running a bunch of different Batman properties at the same time, too, right? It's working for them, or so we so we think. I mean, with the Batman coming out in March, why couldn't Sony have multiple spider-man projects you know what i would honestly really like to see i would like to see andrew and toby in the same movie you don't need to have tom holland in there but a team up between those two because they were freaking hilarious man the back popping the chemistry between them yeah it was so good it was so good but i agree with your point which by the way i do want to uh clarify something really quick so i don't get hate in the comments i i wasn't happy aunt may died i was just trying to get a rise out of matt and it didn't work <laughs> no it didn't because <laughs> he it's knows me I've well had, enough and well it's also because i've had a week to like simmer on this and it i've been i've been saying like everybody i talked to is like oh i saw spider-man it's so great and i'm like I didn't really like it. And I haven't been able to explain why I didn't like it to anybody because I can't go to Minda being like, what? You didn't like it? Like, I was like, come on. I need somebody to talk to you about this. I've been waiting for this. So, Lance and week. I, Lance and I may have gotten a little too aggressive with uh, Tyler's wife. Uh, so Tyler's wife was at uh, my little friend get together that I had on Saturday. And she was saying she thought no way home was better than Endgame. And as soon as she said that, both Lance and I, like, we were on opposite sides of the room and we both convulged on her. And we're like, <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Don't you dare say that. And I loved No Way Home. Like, I I absolutely loved it. But Endgame is is better. Like, it's just, it's just, in my opinion, it's better. Can you say which one is objectively better? Probably not. It's an opinion, you know? But Endgame, to me, is, is a far better movie. But I kind of felt bad for her. I almost felt like we were bullying her. This was like the end game of Spider-Man movies almost. It was. It yeah. was, yeah. Definitely. And someone described it that way in, in the marketing leading up to this. And I think it definitely fits that bill. But the reason for me that like something like Endgame is even more impactful with some of the surprises that they had. First of all, they were surprises to me. That was a big part of it. Because Spider-Man No Way Home, I wasn't surprised by a lot. Too many leaks came out. But on top of that, like they had been teasing for 10 years that Captain America could wield Mjolnir. They had been teasing Thanos as the villain for 10 years, you know, or maybe not 10 years, but a lot of that 10 year period, sure. you know, whereas No Way Home, it was just all of a sudden, boom, these Spider-Men uh, are in the movie, which was great. I loved it. But there well, wasn't all this anticipation for nearly a decade for it because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't planned for 10 years. 
And we were kind of teased with the idea before, right? I mean, we just had the animated movie come out just, what, three, four years ago, where basically a lot of the same premise is used for this movie. This sure, I would call this a like live action. Life. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse, you know? So yeah. we've seen it. Obviously not in real life, but we've seen it. Endgame. And, and the other issue I have with this movie is there are some down points. There's some points where it just feels to go a little bit too long. Endgame like captures my attention from start to finish. There's no, there's no downtime really. Like even in the points where it's supposed to be softer moments, like uh, Captain America and Black Widow talking in in their office and and talking about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you know uh, Tony talking about his time in space and saying he lost the war. Like all these are slow moments, but they add so much to the movie, right? There's moments in Spider-Man that I'm like, okay, just get to the next thing. It did not have to be two and a half hours. Well, yeah, there was there were moments, and we're really ragging on the movie, but I, I think all most of us loved it. But there were moments at the beginning that they went too quick through things, and then there were other moments that they spent too long on. So uh, in our spoiler-free moment I, uh, review, I was referring to something, and, and basically what it was is Spider-Man was detained by the police, and then he meets with Matt Murdock one time and then all of a sudden he's at school. And I was like, wait, wasn't he arrested? Like there was no trial. There was no, like, I don't remember them ever in the movie saying, Oh yeah, he's been acquitted. The charges didn't stick. Matt Murdock said that the charges wouldn't stick, but nothing ever like was said. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, why is, how is he at school? Is there like a police escort? Like it just, it really confused me. Um, but then there were other moments that I was like, all right, this is taking too long. Like, when are these villains actually going to become villains? Like the whole team up of them um, becoming good guys together. I was like, well, this is, excuse me, this is definitely going to go wrong. But when is it going to go wrong? Uh, and it, it, for me, it took a little too long to get to the point where it went wrong. But after that, which I think I would say is probably the end of the first act. That's when the rest of the movie was just incredible for me. Uh, once Hob or Hobgoblin, Green Goblin revealed himself as bad then it just took off like i was slapping lance i was sitting right next to lance and i'm pretty sure i slapped your arm when willem dafoe was like fighting spider-man as green goblin yeah. with the glider and pounding him through the apartment building floors i was just like oh my gosh oh my gosh like yeah. it was so good like that that's that definitely amazing. when the movie picked up um you know i okay so i've read a few times online about how great that Matt Murdock scene is. And I don't agree. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me at all. Like, it was awesome seeing him. Don't get me wrong. But it felt kind of cheap. Like, it wasn't... It served no purpose, really. Yeah, there wasn't exactly. a pivotal yeah. scene. Like so all... shoehorned in. And, and here's the thing, too. Like, yes, Peter Parker knows who Matt Murdock is because the spell didn't work both ways, right? But... Matt Murdock now no longer knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. So where does that put Matt Murdock? The second thing is, is if you're going to put Daredevil in a movie, I want him in the freaking movie, not just a scene where he catches a brick. You know, that's never addressed again. He catches the brick. Peter Parker's <laughs> like, how did you do that? And and it just cuts to the next scene. It's like, wait a minute. It was pure sand fan service. And I appreciated the fan service, but I, I do wish there had been a little more. That's why I'm saying that's, it, it would have been nice if there was a movie trial. Was I just want to point out we went 23 minutes before someone said fan service. <laughs> and I've been waiting for this because I wanted to talk about that. But sorry, I didn't want me to interrupt. 
No, no. I mean, I, no, I said my I said my point. I, I mean, I want to know if you guys agree because that's that's kind of how I felt about the Daredevil scene. I I agree because I was like, I was stoked for that. I knew it was coming from the leaks, but when I saw it, I was like, oh man, it's Matt Murdock. It's Daredevil. And Aaron was like, who? I was like it's Daredevil. She's like, all right, I don't understand why you're getting excited. And like nobody, nobody popped for that. Like a lot of people were like, who is that? Oh, our theater that was the loudest. Did he look CGI'd into the scene? Yeah, he looked, he definitely looked different. A lot of that stuff with with all the extra actors felt like they were not, they were filmed separately and they're not actually like talking to each other in the same room. Yeah. I I didn't get, I didn't get that vibe. But the pop when, when the other two Spider Men show up, the pop was so loud. So See, like and I don't feel like it how... was like that in our theater. In our theater, the Matt Murdock was the largest pop. Really? It was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. I think it's just because like it wasn't a very loud pop. Like People weren't super-duper excited, and I think people were apprehensive once the other Spider-Man came on screen. Like I clapped, but I didn't clap super loud or cheer. I was just like, yeah. So speaking, girls. at our show, like, Andrew Garfield mind. got an audible gasp from the women. <laughs> it was, it was, I actually feel like I remember a gasp. I think there was a gasp in our theater for him. So and everyone cheered and clapped for Toby Maguire big time. Oh yeah, Toby it will forever be. He's like Toby the Michael got a Keaton. Cheer he's and, the Michael uh, Keaton of the role. Garfield got a gasp. Yeah. I I, I swooned like... when Garfield came on the screen. I was just like <sighs> you were one of the gaspers. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like all the introductions of all these characters from the other universes was done pretty poorly as well. Because what, what and and you and I talked about this and don't even try to lie because you agreed with me when I told when I talked to you about it. Well, so, well, so hold on, I don't agree um, on this. I don't agree well, on the Spider-Man, but go ahead What I point. maybe what I wanted, I agree. What I wanted to happen was to see that these characters in their universes at the moment that they were being pulled okay. through, okay, they just right. all kind of just show up. And, and Octopus is rampaging like from the get-go. So was he mm-hmm. rampaging already on a highway when he was dragged across? Yeah, like why didn't they show us all these people being? That's one thing in, into the Spider Man. How many better. people did Goblin kill on the bridge? Cars were blowing right. up, being flipped over. Like that had real life consequences. Yeah, I'm with. I agree. You're right, Lance. I agree. I, it would have been cool to see them ripped from their universes. What was going on? So we understood, like, timeline-wise, when did they get pulled out? Because I, I, for Electro, they say it. It was, like, right as he was about to die from Amazing Spider-Man 2. But the other guys, it's it's not clear when they were pulled. Yeah, Ock, it wouldn't have been that because he, he regains himself before, before he that. dies. That's yeah. how he dies, right? Sandman, it seems like it was after the point that Toby had forgiven him, right? But when does the lizard come through? Because, first of all, when we last saw the lizard, he couldn't maintain that form for long periods of time. He was constantly going into the other lizard form or the yeah. in the human form. He's a lizard the entire time. And I and I read online it was because they they used a lot of old scenes from the other movies and just put them in here. So of when they're in their characters, the Sandman and Lizard were both the same way. Um. And even the scene where he's turning back into Kurt Connors is yeah, from that looked that looked it's like from it. the same movie. Like he's curled yeah. up the same and everything. And uh, but they the the reveal of the two Spider Man. Like yes, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong, it was awesome. But it did not. It wasn't as cool as I thought it would be. As I was hoping it would be. 
It was kind of like use the sling ring and see Peter. I would say Andrew's reveal was better than <laughs> than Toby's. The way he use the from- sling ring and see the Peter. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, even Andrews was like, "Hey, Peter, can you get and that he, Peter to tingle?" He runs down the hallway or the the alleyway. Right? Toby's just kind of like standing there, turns around, and it just wasn't as. Um, big of a moment as i think it could have been like think back to Endgame when when sam gets into into caps calm right and says on your left that to me felt like so much more um it was a bigger entrance it was a bigger entrance like the everybody's entrance just kind of felt lackluster and but it doesn't take away how cool it was to see all them in there. It just I wish that it would have done that better. I do I do think it would have been cool if like Andrew or at least Toby showed up like to help, you know, um, so that the reveal was like during an action sequence. But when we were talking about this movie before, I had mentioned that I thought that Andrew Garfield's character was going to show up as MJ was falling, like we saw in the trailer. And I'm glad that wasn't the case because I really was expecting to only get like the final act with these characters and maybe the last 20 minutes of the movie. Like, oh, I they're wasn't main expect- characters. But yeah, they were in probably more than half the movie. And that was a pleasant surprise and I was very happy about that. And I was glad that we got those down moments where they were doing science and like being nerds together and we kind of got the Spider-Man pointing at each other moment. Uh, they weren't in costume. I wish they would have been in costume for that. But we got that meme kind of recreated with all of them as Peter Parker in lab coats. And and I love that. I feel like um, we have been missing some of the Peter is a super smart like science math-based kid. And this movie brought a lot of that back, uh, not just with all three of them, but even just with Tom Holland's Peter itself. Like when he was fighting Doctor Strange and he uses geometry to trap him, that was sure, pretty, yeah. that was that was so cool. Like I love that. So I that's been my beef with all of them. The only one that really got the science thing perfect, in my opinion, was Andrew's Spider Man. Um, the the two Spider-Man that he was into, where you see him building his web shooters. That's what Toby lost. The fact that he doesn't ever build his web shooters himself doesn't give you that super like science montage you know what i mean like that was hilarious though them asking does it come out of any other part of your body uh, yeah what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) but tom's tom and toby is like didn't like yes you saw peter going like he was kind of knowledgeable when they were at the museum and all a lot there was right, some dude. for Tom Holland in, in, in Homecoming. You see him in class, like building web fluid, you know, during chemistry and stuff. So, like, there's some of it. I just um, think this movie had more, and I, I liked it. Yeah, it was really that, cool I think this was a was. good. I think this was good. Uh, this was a good introduction to that. I don't think it was ever touched on as hard as it was. Oh my gosh, I can't keep myself from saying things that Matt's just gonna pop a chubby over. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to fan service, like. You're talking about how they they entered. I think Garfield's entrance was good. Toby's, I would have loved to see that that classic John Romita cover where Goblin flying through the city with Tom Holland's Peter Parker wrapped up, unmasked, and then oh, in the rope, you, yeah, and like he's oh. got him uh, well, flying through him with the glider, and then you just see Toby like swinging for the safe. I think that would have been like the best introduction. I do wish that one of them would have been introduced like that. Tobin Maguire's 
Spider-Man, but I, I brought it back to fan service because I'm interested to see hear what Ish had to say as far as fan service goes. Well, I mean, just the concept of fan service itself, it's used pretty often as a pejorative, right? Do you guys find that as a criticism? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it can be a bad thing. And it, and it can, and it could be a good there you thing. Go. And, and in this case, if for my personal experience, I found it to be a, a very good thing. So I, I'll state that I had a great time at this movie. I enjoyed it. I laughed. I cried. I want to see it again. And it was the fan service. It was when we finally got the three Spider-Mans, and I was just like, give me the, you know, pour the Spider-Man on my face. <laughs> once I once I step out of that, kind of that calm, calm fanboy, down, Matt. the fanboy bias, and let's say I look at the film more critically, I was like, this is not a very good, very good movie. I didn't walk away from this going, this is a great movie. No, I had a great experience. This kind of almost backs up the argument that's been made that these Marvel movies are more an amusement ride than serious cinema. And with this, I felt that. I, it was a great ride. I had a great time. But the movie, it's it felt like a, a, a cobbled together movie of memes and Easter eggs. And, you know, the, the director is just a yes man to a committee of producers and executives who decided what this movie was going to be. And in many ways, it felt very paint by numbers like that. And it was very ambitious. Well, it certainly was. So I uh, will give them kudos. They could have this. It could have been an absolute disaster, but they did manage to pull everything together, you know, and and give an experience. But there are oh man, there are so many issues with the movie though. It's you know along with like plot holes that we've discussed. One of my one of my big problems and and um, is the stakes of the movie. So in the comic books. Peter Parker's secret identity is is crucial because it's to protect, literally protect the lives of Aunt May and his loved ones. Mm -hmm. His identity comes out, doc, you know, one of the villains is going to come up and kill Aunt May. You know, it can't be. That's the highest of stakes. In this movie, it was admissions to MIT. Mm -hmm. when, when Peter Parker is telling Doctor Strange, "I ruined my friends' lives," it's like, well, they didn't get into MIT. Boo, fucking who? And then literally and then, add more stakes. And this Aunt May dies because of Peter Parker's actions. It's not Peter Parker has to act to save Aunt May. So I found I, I, a lot of that totally bothers me. And it and it bothered me because the the stakes of them getting MIT as important as the movie tried to make it seem. It's completely fixed when he goes and talks to that woman on the bridge. Absolutely. So is so really and then there's that. It was all done unnecessarily. You know, that it just it's a whole bunch of bad decisions from the characters, just just repeatedly bad decisions, bad decisions, bad from, decisions from the writers. Yeah. A lot the of bad... cobbled, cobbled together ideas. Exactly. Pasted together. Exactly. And that's that's not to say that this movie isn't fun. That's not to say that this movie. It was it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, you know, but that's isn't... Goes to the original point, the fan service to me made it. Fun. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of fan service, but I am a, such a big Spider-Man fan that I was like, all right, um, you know, I'm not going to be the get off my lawn guy tonight. Bring it on. Yeah. I'll take the Spidey. Hours and later, and then it. I was like, hmm, you know, this bothers me, that bothers me. But I the think, fan I service think... was there, and they, they knew. Yeah. It, it's a movie about not how good this movie is, but how much we liked five previous movies. That's what this mm -hmm. movie was about. 100%, because he doesn't even have his own villains in this movie. Yeah, we get no vulture. We get you know, no Mysterio making. He's, an his, he's his own worst enemy, almost. Yeah, yeah. There's no, 
you that's what i was saying the, the is bumbling that, the bumbling of the spell is mm -hmm. is you know the catalyst of it all. like he can't get out of his own he's his own worst enemy because he can't get out of his own way and that's why it's like oh we're gonna redeem redeem everybody else as far as the villains go but he gets no redemption none of his villains get no redemption you get no redemption for the vulture you know and uh, funny enough it's like i didn't even think about this until like i'm sitting in the theater with no way home going back all the way to homecoming what the hell does this first girlfriend think like holy shit this kid i was going to prom with is is spider-man <laughs> and he put that. my dad in jail and you never hear about her again she never shows back up that is a plot line that's not ever you know it would have been cool to see her come in in the vulture outfit and instead of it being him it's her you know well, are we supposed to still get Michael Keaton Vulture? Because Homecoming left that dangling with Vulture meeting Scorpion in jail. To and me, that well, means like, okay, they're coming back. Michael know? Keaton, I thought, mentioned something like a week or two ago about suiting up to back. play Vulture. He's again. also in the Morbius. What, what doesn't make sense, too? Yeah, he's in the Morbius. The, tour, yeah. the timelines, he's in the Morbius trailer. And it's like, all right, they do kind of, they do kind of leave that open, though, where you could get the the scorpion where he gets the outfit the matt grogan stuff with joe J. jonah jameson now being in this universe they kind of leave that open now too but it's just like and the, he, uh, as far as his movie goes it's just his movie by by name only really because it's do mostly dominated by the other spider-man and their villains yeah i agree with that and let's so so far toby's or uh, Tom has had what Vulture, uh, Scorpion, who is not fought against, right? Well, he's they never had even met. He's had yeah. Shocker, 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 yeah. Uh, Mysterio. Mm -hmm. Who am I forgetting? Is there anybody else? Well, and, and all the elements, technically. Yeah, but those yeah, Mysterio, Mysterio Mysterio's projections or whatever. Jake Jonah Jameson. Why am I blanking on his name? But Miles Morales. Prowler. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and I even I even talked about that with with Matt and Max in the text. I said, "Dude, when when are we going to get this Miles Morales thing tied up because I teased it in the first movie and we haven't heard anything since." Um I agree with you, Matt. This feels like Tom Holland is in the movie, but it's not his movie. It's just it's uh it 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 feels like a Spider-Verse movie. Like that's I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I don't still agree think with it was that. Tom Holland's movie. It's definitely See, Tom's movie. It was just packed I, with a lot of stuff, but it was still Tom Holland's movie. And I made the comment on Friday or last Friday on the show in the spoiler free review is like the suits in the last couple of movies, the suits have meant something. And this one, it, it's like he's switching suits and you don't even know why. Yeah, that's true. Well, the like, black and gold suit, the only reason he switches into that is because he turns his inside out, right? No. Yeah, yeah, he has green paint on it. It it shows that in the thing. He has green paint on it. Yeah. He's like, oh crap, what am I gonna do? And he and he flips it inside out, and you see the black and gold. And did then... damage control take one of the suits though? I don't, I don't remember. I'm so. going to see it again tomorrow because they so showed the they showed the charging station with the suit not in it. Afterwards, that, well, that's I Iron Spider so. suit, and Who's like that? so he gets the the final suit is a hybrid of his his um far from home suit with the part that with the nanotech that aqua rips off that reattaches to him so he gets the the other legs out of the back of it but it's not the full iron spider suit so he gets that hybrid suit at the end 
Which I didn't understand that. So Doc rips it off of his chest, and then he's walking around with a hole on his chest. Doc the nano absorbs like, the nanos, yeah, yeah. But he has a he has like a literal hole in his suit and his chest for for a portion of the movie. Do, doesn't nanotechnology like come back together? Like, wouldn't it close? That, that was what up? I thought, but I don't know. Maybe Tony didn't make his suit as sophisticated because that happened in, in Infinity War, where maybe that's Thanos would knock off the nanotech arms. and then. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And, well, and also Tony had like a nanotech. Thing on his chest with additional particles whereas i don't think peter had that so maybe that's why yeah i was I thinking know. the same thing through the movie and though. doesn't i think y'all have... are looking for plot holes though did you like this movie well all i feel i feel like all i'm hearing is whining and my other thing is is like edith doesn't he have control of or sorry friday now do you have control of friday at the end of of far from home so why doesn't he use friday to his advantage ever in this movie he never uses that. It shows movie, the glasses it says sitting. It says Edith offline, so it's not uh, Friday. I thought it was. I thought it was Friday. Now, not Edith. Not Edith, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I got it mixed up. I thought it was Friday. Friday yeah. is the tech that's in Iron Man's suit. That yeah, Friday. Oh, Edith, yes, Edith. Okay, so Edith is the glasses, then. Yes. Yeah. And it so, stands for something like "Even in Death." Even dead, I'm still the hero. Even yeah, <laughs> something like that <laughs> in awesome. the fabulous Tony Stark fashion. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the moment where Electro says he was like, Man, I thought Spider-Man would be black. I thought that was I thought that yeah, I thought it was pretty good. That. Yeah. Well, and I think it's an, an additional tease that we're gonna get Miles eventually. Of course, for another Miles tease too. And what do you, do you guys think that they tease that Ned's gonna be hobgoblin? By yes. saying I don't. Every, every version of Peter's best friend ended up dead or the villain or died trying to kill Peter. I think there's so a yeah, couple of things. Hobgoblin in the comics, that's kind of pretty obvious. It, yes, but like the fact that they had him like being able to use sorcerer powers. I think the sorcery might become be part of his Hobgoblin persona. I think they might okay. make it a magical thing now. I, I think there's... Different from Green Goblin. I think there's a couple of things alluding to Ned being hobgoblin the first of which is that line that you just talked about ish the second of which is the actor has lost 130 pounds <laughs> uh you know like lifestyle choices man that's something i need to take no that's marvel saying hey lose the weight so you could be a bit of both no. <laughs> you want to be a hero Show i do both. think yeah. that him Over. forgetting who peter is opens the door for this though a little bit more i think that yes, that's I think true it, and it can make it painful for peter when he has to fight him yeah you're gonna like, see the ramifications you of i am sure i think you'll they, see the ramifications of what peter not being in their lives and how it's going to affect these characters there's a couple things that i noticed at the end of the movie when when uh tom or uh our mcu peter walks into the uh cafe and sees mj and ned there first of all ned comes in and he, he does not look like his cheery normal self he's wearing all black he looks a bit like an emo kid outcast type kid i think peter not being in his life probably meant he was picked on his whole life and yeah. he was you know he didn't have that best friend uh he, he the barely the anymore yeah he barely talks to mj as if they're really close you know because mj was only close to ned because of peter so i think that that whole spell is going to have repercussions that that Peter was not uh, did not think based of on what you moment. just said. That's what how Peter ruins his friends' lives is by making them forget yeah. him. Yeah, 
and they no longer have this crazy experience that you know i'm spider-man's sidekick yeah or i'm spider-man's girlfriend or girlfriend <laughs> and notice i guess there's an easter egg at the end at the diner mj is still wearing the uh the necklace that he gave her in far from home oh i didn't notice that the the black dahlia that yeah. makes sense I didn't though notice that. she's wearing that, that at the end i mean why would i thought it, it was yeah. busted yeah but i think she, she liked it that way she said that she liked yeah it she liked yeah hmm. i didn't know i didn't notice that but that I makes sense i mean why would that so. why would that be wiped away i mean the memory of how she got it could be wiped away but the physical item but it also, also could hint that maybe she still has some sort of closeness to it i was hoping we were gonna get and don't get mad at me for a bvs kind of comment here i was kind of hoping we were going to get a similar moment to where at the end of uh bvs you see the the sand move at his at superman's coffin i was really hoping we were going to get some small hint that they remembered who he was that somebody remembered who he was that'd be even funny. if it was oh, just a little bit the guy no, at the you sandwich got the venom. deli you got the, the venom. Guy, he's, he's like, I still know you. <laughs> you got the venom teeth venom. instead. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering. I was thinking maybe Happy at the grave was going to somehow show some yeah, inkling that of knowing him. That whole scene. Yeah, what is Happy too. just hanging out at this grave all day? Anyone who comes to the grave, all of a sudden Happy's standing there beside him. <laughs> so he's he says, like, man. it's so weird. He wants he, everyone to know that that was Happy his girlfriend. Was a great wreck in this movie. <laughs> he just Dude. he just has a lawn chair set up and he just like scoots in <laughs> yeah. whenever someone shows up. If you oh, were dating man. Marissa Tomei, <laughs> wouldn't you want everybody to know that was your girlfriend too? <laughs> I'd start to think maybe you're the person who killed her. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting too because uh, Happy asks Peter. He says, "How'd you know her?" And he's, and he says, "Oh, I met through her through Spider Man." And Happy says, "Oh, I met her through Spider Man too." How did you meet her through Spider-Man and you don't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's got to be a weird memory just like, I, yeah. Like, <clears throat> they remember Spider-Man, but they don't remember Peter Parker. So, therefore, nobody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man because Peter Parker doesn't exist. So, all he goes, all he has is Spider-Man. Interesting. So there's there's do you guys think anybody that was in this movie is going to make an appearance in the Doctor Strange movie? No. Honestly not. I'm not thinking. I'm Poss not thinking possibly so. Tom Holland. Yeah, I think Tom Holland maybe, but I don't think it would be for a big role. Cuz there has been maybe rumors he shows that, up at the very end asking for a redo on the spell or something. There has been rumors potentially Toby being that he has a relationship with Sam Raimi. That's interesting. I've I heard mean, maybe... um, Bruce Campbell might have a really crazy... Isn't Bruce Campbell in all Sam Raimi's movies? Yes. Bruce Campbell yes. has to be in it. So this rumor, I'm pretty excited because it's probably going to be something fun. Well, Bruce he could Campbell's be like an alternate funny. universe Mysterio, which is what Raimi always wanted him to play was Mysterio. Oh, really? Well, because Bruce Campbell played a different character in every single Spider-Man movie. That's right. It was just funny. He was like the Stan Lee cameo type thing. Yeah. He was an How over about, in the Spider-Man 3, he was an overeager uh restaurant Major D. Yeah. Maitre D. He was he was a jerk at the the uh theater in the first movie or the second movie. In the first one he was a ring announcer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's the he one that the Spider-Man name. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Cuz what Did you guys it? catch the uh Craven the Hunter cameo? No. no. So in the uh when the multiverse is cracking, 
and they kind of show these silhouettes. So there's some I missed. So supposedly there was the vulture, there was scorpion, there was what people say looked like kind of a, a green goblin-ish, and I definitely saw Craven. He had the spear, he had the furs. Okay, I saw the furs. Real, I just wasn't sure who that was. You missed it. So I, I blinked, I missed the other ones, but I definitely saw Craven. So that that okay, I know which one you're talking about now. My mind immediately popped to the uh the Loki from the show, the big black Loki, the big what that where's the fur? That's who oh, I yeah. thought that was. I don't know what what is it? What what is his name in the show? It's something Loki. It's he's war Loki or something like that. Warrior Loki. I don't remember. Yeah. What, that's who I thought it was, but Craven the Hunter makes a lot more sense, especially because mm-hmm. Sony would probably want some sort of yeah. tease for for Craven that's coming out uh what in a year? Something like that. With Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, I'm not sure. So that great. So that book can skyrocket higher out of my price range, even <laughs> higher than it already is. Get get these books now. Get the Kingpin books now. If you guys are what stacking I, all this kind of stuff. What I what I was kind of disappointed of is I really wanted to see there's there's a comic book I remember me reading as a kid and I thought that they would do some sort of tease to that comic book when they introduced Daredevil but Daredevil Matt Murdock dressing up in the Spider-Man suit to show everybody that that Peter is not Spider-Man hmm. do you guys know which book I'm talking about I remember that happening in the animated series no there it's definitely a book I don't remember that happening in the animated series. Yeah, there's a whole uh, the um, chameleon dresses up like Peter Parker and Spider-Man and commits a bunch of crimes, and Peter Parker gets put on trial for it, and Matt Murdock has to like clear his name. No, this this one was the the book was uh, Spider-Man apparently murdered somebody. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, the times like these that dude, I miss Mike. <laughs> Did you guys catch that there was an inference that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man may have killed people? Oh yeah, yes. There's, I forget I how the line goes, rage. but there's a line where he's like, "Yeah," where he's like, "He's." His I, w- I went. I was rage told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, oh, is that a Spider-Man who actually kills people? I, I think I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's what that means or not, but I, I knew what you were referring to. I kind of suggested it. Yeah. Yeah. Could be Can I bring up one another another nitpick? And I know this sure. is the, this is the nitpick episode, but I'm always gonna say it. I love the movie, I had fun, but here's the nitpick. Um, in the trailers, I got really excited that when they showed the parts with like the inception style scenes, you know, I'm talking about it ended up being the mirror universe, yeah, with everything folding over each other and all that craziness. So when I remember seeing that in the trailers, thinking, oh man, like that's probably the climax of the movie, and it's gonna be this insane, like ending all like that and it wasn't it was just this kind of throwaway scene between dr strange and spider-man and it could have served a much greater purpose considering how you know they went for the really eye-popping effects and everything it ended up just being he goes oh it's the mirror universe and then they chased the subway whatever and then they're then it was over so i, I don't know why but i always that. assumed that that was going to be more in the middle of the movie Really, I was yeah. kind of hoping that that would that was going to be the big climax, but anyway. Well, um, go ahead, Lance. What were you gonna say? Oh, it's. I think I found something to it. It was Daredevil, uh, Daredevil, uh, playing to the camera where Peter Parker dresses up as Daredevil. <clears throat> Maybe. I mean, Electra's doing it, so why not? 
I don't know. I wasn't listening to the last five. What'd you guys think of uh, Statue of Liberty <laughs> having Caps Shield? I thought that, that was, was awesome. Cool. That's cool. I thought that was so awesome. Uh, I love how they're really playing, like really playing into the Captain America being the savior of the world type thing. When really it was Tony Stark that sacrificed himself. <laughs> Like right. like Iron Man's getting no love. I mean, we saw at the end of Hawkeye the the special musical number from the from the play, uh, oh. and it's literally named Rogers the Musical. Like, where is mm-hmm. the love for Tony Stark? Did you know that? You see that billboard popped up in the movie several times for Rogers the Musical. The Rogers the Musical. Yeah. yeah. Did it, dude? That there was so much <clears throat> happening that I'm like, a lot of it feels like a blur, man. Like I need to go watch it again. I don't feel like I'm giving this review any justice because. A, it's been a week since I've seen it, and two, I usually get a rewatch of these things before we talk about them. I have, I would do. I would. I've been trying to get in all week to see it, but it's been sold out. Like the next thing I could get into is at ten thirty tomorrow night, which I'm going to go see. They're, but, they're predicting this could be a top three movie of all time. If it already has a top three opening. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it's it's successful. We had the the can. We, we talked about the movie. Let's talk about the cameo at the end real quick, and the, the Eddie Brock being blipped into this universe and being told uh about you know thanos and all the heroes and villains and stuff like that with venom and him leaving behind that symbiote and the ramifications that's going to have we're going to get to see black suit spider-man in the mcu yes they are and that's awesome and ish brought up a point about about spec and we don't really talk ever talk spec on this show because it's not something I'm big into, but you know, I had some. I, I've got my daughter coming, and I've started a comic book collection. And, and Ish has a young son, and so does Max. And everyone's always talking about, well, you know, how do I, how do I set them up for this? What can I do to, to get my kids a comic book collection to benefit them later in life? And and the best advice someone said to me is just buy any issue of Spider Man because almost every issue of Spider Man has a key in it. So if you're looking right now and and you want to get in on the ground floor of, of some black suit spider-man stuff and i know we've seen him in the three in movies before but when he hits the mcu he's gonna explode one book right now that i think is out there that's criminally under undervalued and it, you can still get it for about 100 bucks raw is secret wars eight the first well it's tied oh, for the if first, you can find it 100 quote, bucks unquote, raw whoo, point yeah, there that book quote unquote crazy. uh appearance of the black suit um, yeah, I used you to have that on, poster. You can get on eBay right now, hundred bucks raw all day. So I mean, if, if you can find it at your local though. comic shop or at you know, um, on eBay or nothing, anything right now, that's a good book to to start a collection on. Um, the other one is uh, Amazing Spider-Man two fifty two. His first time in continuity wearing the black suit. That's going to be no, a no, huge no, no, book it's... too. It's the first release of the black suit. It's the second in continuity. Is it? This came out in January, but Secret mm-hmm. Wars is the ori- origin of the suit, and that came out in the summer. There was like a mm-hmm. six months deviation. And then there's the the what isn't it? A team up. Um... Marvel team up came out on the exact same day as Spectacular Spider-Man ninety, and that's second okay. appearance of the uh, black but suit. That's it... an excellent book to spec on because it's got Black Cat. Second appearance mm. of black suit, and that's super dirt cheap still. See, I thought two fifty two was the the first 
like in the Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man t- That's title. That's the first time anyone ever saw it because Secret yeah. Wars 8 was came out so late, but in the continuity of the Marvel Oops. universe, Secret Wars 8 is the moment where they meet the symbiote for the very first time. And 252 and technically takes place after that. So then of course you got I mean this book is probably out of everyone if you're just starting out everyone's price range Amazing Spider-Man 300. That's probably out of the price range now because even that book raw goes for a ridiculous amount of money. How and much then, usually? Uh, I don't even know what it, I haven't even looked lately to see what it is. Raw. We sold. We recently sold a so, uh, seven point raw for seven hundred twenty five. For us uninitiated, go. what does raw mean? Raw. So here you go. Not graded. This is raw right here. Not graded. It's just the the book itself. Graded means it's encapsulated. And this is another one here. Um, Web of Spider-Man number one. You can get this book for like 20 bucks. This is the last time he wears the black suit before it goes off into to Eddie Brock. So this is the last time Spider-Man wears the black suit before it turns into Venom. So that's all good stuff. Like that book, you can get that book easy, 20 bucks. Um, like I said, 300 is probably out of your price range. But you can, if you can get your hands on a 252 Raw or the um marvel team up what is it marvel team up 141 i want to say yeah yeah 141 or secret wars 8 like i said secret wars 8 you can get that's raw a tough on... one to find the marvel team up that's a tough yeah. one to find. the secret wars 8 you can get raw for 100 bucks still so i mean if you can find any of those books that's a great way to start a collection that could could definitely help profit some future endeavors based on how they go with the mcu so you were you were talking that's what led us into this conversation that end credit scene i was over the moon with that end credit scene because the end credit scene in in venom 2 pissed me off because i don't want to see that eddie brock in the mcu i want to see a different eddie brock that's hates peter parker and you know what i mean and this having him sucked back over to his universe and leaving the symbiote there opens the door for the traditional venom that we all know and not this polished you know rounded edged well i don't know if it's going to be the traditional venom we know because this skips secret wars and he shows up on a bar table yeah i'm curious how he's gonna i'm not i I, i'm not as cool it is is that venom's now in the mcu i didn't like that scene at all with Tom Hardy was mumbling. You couldn't understand what he was saying. Oh no! Just the, the whole scene was weird. It was just <laughs> yeah. like, so, so haphazard. No. The, the so, scene was bad, except for the f- I, fact that uh, that uh, Danny from Ted Lasso is in it. Danny but, Rojas. That, that's but, the first thing Aaron said. Danny Rojas, and she started <laughs> screaming in the theater. They the the scene is bad. Like that's always been my issue with Tom Hardy. It sounds like he has a mouthful of bubble gum. You might as well get Pete Carroll to freaking to to play that role but um the fact that they that they that they fixed the end of venom that pissed me off and kind of retro actively fixed it to take him back out of the mcu and now we can have a different version of venom yes the scene was done poorly but the but the but the 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 what could potentially happen is what gets me excited my you fear know. is that we don't get the Eddie Brock version of Venom in the MCU. We're gonna Flash. Get, we're gonna get the Flash Thompson version, or we're gonna get the the Harry. Uh, like, eventually, we find out that there is a Harry Osborn in this, and like, I'm I'm afraid that they're gonna find 
find him, put him in a lab, put him in a lab, and then you're gonna be introduced to the Harry Osborn of this universe, and him and Peter become best friends. Now that he doesn't have Ned or MJ, and you're gonna get Harry Osborn, the ultimate Venom, Harry Osborn, like Venom. the like the Dane DeHaan one from Amazing Spider-Man Two. Mm. They don't explicitly say it's a symbiote, but it it kind of no, is. No, he's definitely Green Goblin there, but but he yeah. has all the black like. Remember they were it's like green it, up on his face, yeah. But I know what you're talking about. But. He kind of looks like he like I, they don't explicitly say it, but um because he was being experimented. Can you on guys really like picture this current Flash Thompson being Venom? No, no, like that's no. that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, he's just so he's just been such a big douche. Like every time he's on screen, it, he's kind of annoying. You know what I mean? Like. And it's not really like I can't imagine him getting the suit and fighting Peter Parker because I think he almost is like in love with Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the way he teases him, it's more like a crush. Like like when you're when you're when a when a small boy like pushes a girl over like and is teasing sure, her, yeah. but he actually like like that's what his character feels like. And I don't know if I want that either. You know, some venom wanting to run around and and bone peter parker i could i could see himself t- attaching him to like joe megliano's version of of flash thompson where he's mm-hmm. older now and more war grizzled and and ready to go you know and, and becoming agent venom versus the flash thompson but in, in the mcu but i don't know it'll be interesting to see how they they tie that in yeah, I have a feeling though that it's going to be the Harry thing that you were saying because we kind of got that in the video game. We we saw that that's how the symbiote was being introduced in the video game. Yeah, and I've read a few a few reports that from substantial sources saying that they're eyeing Timothy Chalamet to play Harry Osborn. Well, as far as he's best friends with Zendaya, he's good friends with who's dating Tom Holland, who's good friends with you know he's like linked in with all of that part of their crew networking that baby. crew yeah and he's and he's becoming a big name right now i mean he's yeah. a pretty recognizable face um i don't know i i i see the i see it on the horizon that that's potentially what we're gonna get who knows i don't know but um so the last end credit scene was the doctor strange trailer which they released a trailer today, but it's significantly shorter than the one they released at the end of Spider-Man. I haven't watched it yet, but that's just what I've what I've heard. Have you guys watched it? I did. It yeah. is definitely shorter. For the trailer we got, uh, apparently I, I blinked and missed Amer- uh, America Chavez. I guess was in it. Everyone. Yeah, you see her back. Okay. You see her well, back. And like, you see like, whoops! I didn't mean to punch but, my mic, but she like punches her fist, and you see the coat with the star on the back of it. Okay. Yeah. In this one, you actually see her from the front side. She's standing next to uh, Rachel McAdams in the in the trailer that dropped today. And they're saying Rachel McAdams is in some sort of suit. Um, I forget who they were speculating that she could be playing. Is this Clara ring a bell or Claire? Or um, Clea. Clea. Yeah. Do you guys know who that is? Um, no. She is one of the... Um, oh, God. An alien race, not Kree or Skrull. I'm brain farting it right now. She's I'm not just gonna say someone someone in the chat. She's not Shatari, <laughs> is she? 
Not Chitari. Ah, Clea. Yeah, C L E A. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Um. Yeah, I don't know. The, the trailer looks cool, though. Uh, it just I'm says she's a sorceress and lover of Doctor Strange. Maybe I was thinking of someone else, then. Yeah, she's in another, in another, in the dark dimension, she's the sorceress supreme, is Clea. She currently serves as a sorceress supreme in the dark dimension, which we know that that's going to be introduced because we see that in the trailer that they show at the sure, end of. Sure. If they're uh, doing Lady Thor with Thor's girlfriend, they can do Lady Doctor Strange yeah. with his girlfriend. I guess yeah. that's the pattern. That's the pattern now. But we oh, see boy. the Doctor Strange MJ from what if. Venom. MJ's Venom confirmed. <laughs> uh, we do we do see the Doctor Strange from What If the the Dark Sorcerer um, in the trailer of the live action version. Which man, I just wish they would make. Which what gives if me hope that action. maybe fucking crazy ass Ultron comes back. Yeah, because <laughs> that was that was my favorite part of What If was that the God Ultron. Yeah, the one that goes around and just beats up on the watcher and everything. Yeah. Yeah, Ultron's kind of a sore subject for me because I got so excited for that movie when they announced James Spader was the voice. I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And that movie was a dud. Downright dud. Well, let's let's switch gears real quick since we've pretty much beaten the, the Spider-Man No Way Home to, to death. Um, did everyone here watch today's Hawkeye? I did. I, did. I'm, I saw hasn't seen last Hawkeye. weeks. Oh, I want to talk Hawkeye because there's a part in there that I think made me feel like it ties into what if, but I want to you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll make my exit here on the show. All right, Ish. We appreciate and, you. You're awesome. It was Thanks a pleasure. It was a pleasure. If I have lag, it's because of my Century Link. It's the worst. I got to get <laughs> rid of right. it. We'll have to get you on more moving yes. forward, Ish. Thanks, guys. Definitely. Merry Absolutely, Christmas. Man. Thanks for joining us. Ish. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Guys, if you're ever in the Scottsdale area, check out Ish's shop. Hit up hit up Fantastic Worlds Comics. It is a great shop to to um to visit. You know, Bill and Ish are very knowledgeable people. Great shop. Lots of key books. They've got so many Spider-Man grails there right now that I'm just like, oh my God, I want that. I want that. I want that. But my <laughs> wallet will be crying. So um yeah shout out to ish and everyone over at the fantastic worlds let's talk hawkeye though man what what did you guys think about this episode of hawkeye i was i was kind of let down a little bit so yeah was I. so i i stayed up until one o'clock for it to come on watched it forgot that it was quite long <laughs> so i kind of regretted it watched it again um I know Max had told me that he wasn't a big fan of how Kingpin was portrayed. I loved that. I thought it was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Kingpin I, was portrayed so well. It's how I remember him being from both the animated series and, and from comics that I've read. I love that they put the little Easter eggs in there with the Hawaiian shirt and everything mm -hmm. like that. And and that he has the cane now. And Vincent D'Onofrio just is the perfect embodiment of that character. He was he was more of the menacing kingpin that we know and less a uh, frightened child with Asperger's. Yeah, completely than agree. It was in the Daredevil movie. It was a show. Uh, yeah, I prefer the Daredevil rendition, but I I did enjoy Kingpin. I just, basically my main gripe was that 
I love Kate Bishop, and I think that she has the potential to be a very formidable Avenger, just like Hawkeye is. But she's still young and very rel- relatively untrained. Kingpin should have wiped the floor with her. She should not have been able to knock him out. That's it. That's my only. That's my only real gripe. I don't, I don't understand what do you mean knocking fight. out. I don't understand what Dude, you're talking about. He knocked him out. Yeah, he like basically beat the shit out of her, and then she used the the coin trick that Hawkeye taught her to take him out to make like, an explosion. Like when yeah. you say knockout, like knocking out means that she punched him in the face and knocked him out. That's not what. No, she it doesn't. Did. It means she knocked him out. She knocked no. him out. Knocking out specifically means that he got hit in the head and was knocked out. Well, she took him out. Yeah, but... she she made an explosion, but it didn't kill him. It just threw him back. But you also have to pay attention to the scene. He was not interested in her. So she keeps coming back and and trying to hit him. And he's just throwing her like a rag doll. He's not. That's he true. says, he mind your really business. He's, yeah, he's not interested. So you see how little of an impact she had on him. And he wasn't even wasn't even focused on her he just wanted her mother like that was then, sweet when he rips that door off the car oh, i agree and, throws so that, cool. and then she shoots him with the arrow and he's like bitch please and smacks that away yeah and then the exploding thing was literally every single arrow in her quiver exploding at the same time and all that did was knock him across the room do you know what i mean like i think it all was right. i think it was awesome and yes knockout means ko punch to the face it's a boxing term you're in here i i know english i know english well <laughs> well no no when you there were talking about i was like ways. when did she punch him when did she punch him that's what i was she trying didn't to figure punch out him. she knocked yeah. him out unconscious <laughs> she knocked him unconscious anyways you know what you have convinced me that i'm wrong honestly nice you're right that Dude, that's there's a first time for everything <laughs> oh whatever score I can, for the good guys <laughs> i can be convinced no no you're right because he wasn't really paying that close attention to her he was just kind of throwing her out of his way and then i wouldn't say she was lucky but she yeah she basically had to use everything in her arsenal to knock the guy out also question um it seems like he has superpowers which is different than the daredevil series is that why the arrow couldn't pierce him, or do you think he has armor like in the Daredevil series? Like his I think suit's he made of wearing, armor. I think he's got like Kev- Kevlar on under his shirt or something. That's what I'm thinking but, too. And the elephant in the room, can we talk really quick about the Echo thing? Kingpin ain't dead, right? No, no. he's not. So that leads directly into the Echo show. So that's what I was going to ask you. Like, does he have some sort of superpowers? Because he gets shot in the face, then he goes and gets an eye transplant because he goes blind, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then he comes back and wants to kill Echo and Daredevil. Getting shot in the face from as close as I saw her at would kill anyone. It doesn't matter how the gun goes, that would kill you, especially from somebody that's a marks a, a marksman like like Echo is in the, not in the necessarily. Show. If she shoots him in the head and the bullet deflects off a piece of skull or something, one way because not everybody who gets shot in the head dies, but it could affect a part of his brain where it takes his vision away or or you know it it she shoots him in the eyes or or she you know. The gun misfires and the flash of like the muzzle or or it hits his Kevlar or whatever. But I was thinking he just knocks the gun away and she shoots the air. No, no, you literally hear the body fall. Yeah, I don't remember hearing the body. But they did. I mean, they did the typical trope, uh, the TV show trope where like Walking Dead is notorious for doing it. They don't show like they pull up. Yeah, they don't show the character die because they they're fully intent on bringing them back later. But um. 
See, so, then I if I didn't hear a body hit the ground, but if a body did hit the ground, couldn't it also be that he knocked the gun away and just smacked you could. Her? You're you're meant to not know who it was. Yeah. But if you know like Echo's story and Echo's history, that is a a, a a arc in the comic where she shoots him in the face. It's it's literally ripped from the comic, slapped on the TV. She shoots him in the face, yeah. point blank range. He goes blind, and then he falls on hard times and and basically gets this eye transplant and has to reestablish himself as the kingpin of crime in New York. I mean, I guess that could be cool. I was just hoping I like that. I just, I wouldn't have, eh, that's fine. I guess I was just hoping to see him as kingpin as we know him for a bit longer before something like that would happen. But you know, we got to see him for basically three seasons in daredevil. So I know it's not the same kingpin, but it's, yeah, I think we're supposed to forget all of that. Right. Like none of that is canon. It seems like it. Yeah. It seems like it's not. Yeah, but they, you but know, he's playing he's also, the character the same pretty much. Well, I noticed that he talks a bit more menacing, and in this one he's with the cane. He has a limp. He's quite a bit bigger than he was in the show because Vincent D'Onofrio is not that big of a guy, so he's wearing like he's, some sort of fat. Kind of got like facial twitches and stuff. Yeah, more so. so this is this, than... this is a guy that's seen some hard shit. But it leads me to believe that Kingpin is going to be a main character of Echo, right? Yes, he is. He's, he's huge to her backstory. And, well, and hopefully this means he'll be in Spider-Man too. Like, I mean, that'd be cool if we get to see him oh, in sure Spider-Man gonna, movies. I'm sure they're going to introduce him in Spider-Man. I would love to see this the, the Daredevil be a part of Echo too, but I don't know if it's going to well, happen. I think, the, like we should say, the MCU, I think, is establishing they're lurking at street level. And then cosmic. So the next ten years, instead of having a connected event like Thanos coming and all that that connects his movies, you're gonna have these street level heroes with Hawkeye, and and you're gonna have Kingpin ruling that street level hero as the you know villain, and he's gonna be like involved with all the street level heroes, and then you're gonna have the the scrolls and the Kree and whatever they're gonna do with the Kang cosmic stuff. And, yeah, yeah, and Kang for the the cosmic stuff, and I think it they're gonna cross paths at some point. Um, and secret wars being a being a or secret crime. invasion, yeah, yeah. Both that's going to be a a Marvel show, but I like that. Um, the, uh, oh shit, that reminds me. The other thing that we talked about that we didn't touch on on Spider Man No Way Home that ties into what we're talking about is it kind of gives you a definitive idea of how long Nick Fury has been in space. How so? Oh, because they say I, he's been off world for like a year or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So you know how long Nick Fury's been gone since this movie picks up right after the event. Yeah, of... so that that's right because they say he's been gone a year, right? Isn't that what they say? homecoming? And, yeah, but he was um, he blipped. So that means the movie takes place a year after. It seemed mm-hmm. like it seemed like Far From Home took place like right after Endgame, but it seems like that's not the case. No, uh, yeah, there's a there's time in between. But back to Hawkeye though. So like. Uh, the other thing that really bothered me about this episode is like it seemed like a lot of this episode was done through reshoots like it goes back to my my thought last week of that that's not vincent d'onofrio like a lot of dude (laughs) a lot of these characters the dialogue felt off the scenes felt off they didn't feel like they were talking to each other like when you're watching the scene between her mom and kingpin a lot of that dialogue feels off like it's done in reshoots, like they're not doing it at the same time. It's cut together. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't agree. feel fluent or right. 
I don't agree. See, my my only gripe was the, the Kingpin thing, and you guys have convinced me that I was wrong. So my score originally coming into this was like three and a half out of five, and now I'm more at like a four and a half out of five. Uh, this episode was awesome. I don't I don't agree with that at all. I like I thought the dialogue was fine. I thought the, the it didn't feel like things were disconnected. I I thought Yelena and freaking she's and, the best um, part. Kate were hilarious. They were the That's best the part of the whole part. episode. I want to watch a show just with the two of them. I honestly hope that Hawkeye season two is like Kate and her. That was yeah. good, but then you get when you get to the final confrontation between Yelena and Clint on the ice, it falls flat. No, I I loved that. I thought that was really good. I think it falls flat. Like I like nothing. It. I don't feel like there's enough substance there, and it's over too quick. Like she's I, literally hell bent on killing this man, and then she's just like, "Oh my god." You know, I could see just, that she kind of held back her punches a little bit. It seemed like I don't think that she ever. I don't really think she wanted, wanted to kill him ever, but I think she felt that she had to. When do we get this character? When does this character get the chance to step out of Natasha's shadow and be her own individual self? And they had that opportunity to take that in Hawkeye, but it didn't because it reverted back to to being about Natasha. She's like. I, this character is like perpetually in her sister's shadow when you want to yeah. see her step out of it and take but that. We've next only, step. I mean, we've only seen this character in 2021. So I, I, I think it's fine that her arc with two Natasha and a half episodes. Led, yeah. Led into one more series. I, I think the Natasha stuff is done. Like they may bring it up again because she is tied to an Avenger that we've known for 10 years, but I don't know. I didn't mind that. I think it's fine. I and think, think Natasha is eventually going to come back. Yeah, with the well, yeah, stuff. I thought that too. And the end credit scene you guys were talking about, um, with the the Rogers musical, yeah, kind of awful. felt like we got Rick rolled Ugh, was a awful. little bit because I was actually waiting for them to cut to the audience and you see Natasha sit like the the battle world or the, the I thought there was going to be something Natasha sitting there watching this this play or something like. Well, I, I thought I thought it was just going to be anything. I thought Hawkeye was going to be there with his kids and say, "Oh, this is so bad," <laughs> or like Red something. Guardian could be there or something like. Somebody else was, was going to be in that audience and it was going to panic cut to them. And I thought it was that. pretty interesting that you really don't get like, yes, that's an after credit scene technically, but you don't get any after credits Easter eggs throughout this no. whole series. Mm-mm. That's the first time that Marvel's ever done that. Like, where you don't get not one. Like, because even WandaVision had him, Falcon Falcon had him, Loki had him, but this one, nothing. Like, I thought that was a bit strange. I also felt like the whole series was done too quickly. I felt like they could have stretched, maybe added a little bit more into eight episodes. I wanted more Kingpin. I love the fight on the ice where they're using all their trick arrows. Well, and I almost feel like this this episode was supposed to be something different, and they came in and changed it at the last minute because they spent all this time building Jack up to look like this menacing figure. Like, he killed Armand, and he did all this stuff, and he was supposed to be Swordsman, the guy that trained Hawkeye. And then at the end, they pulled a, a Richard Boner on us again. You know, <laughs> Well, and, he is Swordsman, I think. I think we're going to see more of him. Well, he's running around with this show. He's a glorified LARPer. Like, he's like, all right, I get to use this sword that I'm just carrying around to this black tie gala. And <laughs> he starts fighting people, but he turns out to be a joke. And it turns out that Kate's mom is the bad guy. And it's like, all right. Like, it felt like there was supposed to be a different big bad. Because I kind of feel like the Kingpin stuff really didn't fit well. 
Like I loved it, but I feel like it in, in the grand scheme of things, building up to what we got, it didn't fit well. So it, it felt like they had another villain in mind for this. And at the last minute, they were like, all right, well, we can't use that because we've got a different plan for this. So we have to, to rework it. And that's how they got them to allow them to use Kingpin instead of whatever well, this other villain was supposed to be. I, I felt like since they announced Vera Farmiga's casting i always felt like she was going to end up being a bad guy when they said she's playing kate's mother like i was like oh they wouldn't cast such a big name actress because vera Farmiga is a big name actress i've honestly you know, never heard of her until now oh yeah she's in tons of stuff Same. bates motel she's she's uh she's and in, what was uh, the movie you just said bates motel oh, psycho I, I never watched that she's in lots of things she's been an actress for maybe 30 years in in high profile i've definitely seen her in some stuff before but she's in all the conjuring movies she's the main character in all the conjuring like she's a big actress i don't watch that crap either that's probably why (laughs) yeah vera for me is a big act out of between be aside from these two she's probably the biggest actress in that in in the show aside from she's bigger than d'onofrio oh yes absolutely d'onofrio's only had what two main things that he's really famous for um uh well kingpin i guess you can cancel three but uh law and order and uh full metal jacket i only i only know him from kingpin no dude he's been in a ton of stuff because he was in um he's in um the breakup with jennifer aniston he plays vince vaughn's brother in that I forgot Vin- about that movie. D'Onofrio has <laughs> been in a lot of stuff. Dude. No, they've all been in a lot of things, but Vera Farmiga, I think because we are comic book fans and fans of this genre, we know who he is, but Vera Farmiga has been in a lot more things and a lot more high profile things. And You're her sister's right. her sister's famous as well. Her sister's in all the American Horror Story shows and and been in a ton of stuff. So her sister's yeah, famous in her own right I as mean, well. Most people are going to know Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black. Because he's Edgar in Men in Black. Yeah, but he's deformed pretty much the whole movie. Well, so I, I didn't even realize also, that was him until 10 years after that movie came out. I mean, he's also in Jurassic World. He was in the Chips reboot. He is in um, the original yeah. Jurassic Park. Like, he's in a lot of stuff, man. Well, and, and but he's not a household name. No. Well, he is. I think he is more so now with, with his run on uh, Law and Order. But what you got fired from. The last four or five seasons were done without him. Well, I think he he left the show. But... No, they fi- they fired both of them because of low ratings. Oh, really? Uh huh. I used to be a fan of that show and stopped watching when he left. It's the only one I, SV... I watched. I was more of an SVU guy. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm more of a I'm not a 65 year old man kind of a guy. I don't watch those shows. Criminal Intent's awesome, dude. Shut I'm just giving up, you. Max. I'm just giving you guys crap. <laughs> Um, no, I, I kind of, I kind of assumed that she was always going to be a bad guy and I kind of liked Jack's. I think Jack has like a future in the MCU. He does, but they have like, there are small, there's small issues, but in the first, like, I think it was the first episode, he says some stuff that are, that's really skeevy. And and so it's like, well, now he's he's a good guy. guy. I think he's just a skeevy guy. Like even when he's like. even when he's fighting people in this last episode, he's kind of skeevy. I want to. I just I mean like there was. Guys's... He makes oh, a comment. 
I was just I just wanted to say this one thing. He makes a comment to Armand about how he doesn't have any money yet, but uh, once I marry her, I'm going to like just the way he said it feels like I'm only after her money. Oh no, he means makes, he's a are you talking about guy. at the, the first episode? Yeah. When he makes where he bids on the watch or what bids on the item and he's like yeah. you don't have the money for that and he's like I'll inherit it. Yeah. So I think he's yeah. talking about inheriting it from him. But I want to test your guys' knowledge. Do you know what the significance of this book is? Is that Spider-Man No More? No, uh, yeah. I do. But not. do you know what this, the significance of it is? All I know is that he hangs up the. That's pretty much what Spider-Man Two is adapted from. Mm, kind of. This is the first appearance of the Kingpin. Really? In comics. Yep. Spider-Man Fifty is the very first appearance of the Kingpin in comics. That's that. an astronomically priced well, book. By thank the way. you. How much thank is that you, book Spider-Man for no usually? More. Uh, that book right there, dude. I hope you have a like. You might need to take a second mortgage out on your house for it. No, really, it's, it's no, it's not that bad. It's not like one twenty nine for its Punisher bad, but it's an expensive book, man. It, and it's only going to go up in price, um, because of the well, he's in the MCU now. The MCU yeah. just seems to like blow everything up. Oh, yeah, because it's all these speculative markets and all that other stuff. Uh, raw for like a low grade, you're looking at 850 bucks. Wow, that is a lot. You get one that's graded like a 3.5, which is a very low grade, you're looking at 1500 bucks. Wow, it's insane. Yeah, all, all I know from that book is the scene with uh that i remember is the scene where he throws his suit in the garbage can and i remember seeing that in spider-man 2 in the theater and i'm like it was pulled directly from that yeah it's the last page in the book i believe I like they, even, they even threw his his suit over placed exactly like it is in that picture with him walking away from it in the rain i don't know uh, i i liked it i, I just I felt like Hawkeye, like it was just too quick. And I felt like they teased this big moment at the end of the last episode. And I just didn't feel like that moment was that big. Um, I felt like it could have been bigger. I felt like we could have gotten two episodes where, where Kingpin was because they just introduced him and, and they, yeah, that, that picture right there. It's like the Spider-Man two, like recreated it to a T. Um, they they tease Vincent D'Onofrio at the end of episode four. Well, they kind of teased him in the first episode or whenever they introduced Echo. Episode right? like three. Yeah. Where they when it's her uncle or whatever. Yeah, when he's a kid. I, <laughs> oh, cute kid. I felt like if they would have had him in two episodes and, and put a little bit more of the relationship into focus between Echo and Kingpin that that scene at the end where Echo shoots him in the face would have held, held a lot more yes. weight. Well, that's why I, I think agree. that he attend, he originally was not meant to be the bad guy or involved in this series at all. And that they... they Part of me wonders if their intention it. was that he was going to be teased at like a post-credit scene or something originally. Because it did feel like he was rushed into the final episode. and Yeah. I don't know. But I like this movie I, or this episode. I like the trick arrows. I like that the LARPers finally got their their just dues. 
and they got their costumes and that none of them died. Dude, I loved the the second Pym Arrow where they're, <laughs> the, the tracksuit mafia is driving the, the truck at him and she shoots it and it shrinks and the owl comes in and takes him away. And <laughs> yeah, like so good. Or yeah, can we talk it. about the part where Kate blocks a punch from that guy and he's like, oh, I wanted to thank you. Your advice with my girlfriend was so oh, yeah. great. Why don't you see Maroon 5? It was yes. wonderful. <laughs> he's like, what was with the gun? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I still have a job to do. Yeah. The yeah. track, the tracksuit bros, I really hope they come back because they what's like, their moving company and moving they're trust dumb. a bro. Trust yeah, a bro. Trust a bro. There, but they're there, funnies, yeah. man. But come like on, I bro. hope. Come I on, hope bro. in future movies they're like like NPCs. You know what I mean? Like they have in video games where you're just like the movie's going on and you just see a trust a bro truck yeah. drive by in the background <laughs> or just like little hints that they're still around everywhere. Like I would love that, man. They're not but, a very competent crew, but they're no. funny. Their company's called Trust a Bro. Do you know anybody that would call a company called Trust a Bro to move their shit? <laughs> right. But I like that we got the payoff of the watch, and you kind of got that she is mockingbird that she is mockingbird, and yeah. The, so uh, agent, tell 19. me because I'm yeah. That's what I was gonna ask. I'm dumb. I knew it meant she was shield, but nineteen. That's mockingbird. That's yes, yes. Yeah, in the comments, 19. that's mockingbird. Yeah. Okay. So her name was probably changed to protect their identity, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't understand. If her name was changed, why didn't they change Clint's name? Is it because Clint's was still fighting with Shield? Well, he was still working for him, yeah. So because because Laura or Bobby or whatever left is why she changed her name is because she's yeah to no protect the right to protect her identity and the family. And I and I kind of felt like every time they showed the Rolex, I was like, "That's a dude's watch." Like yeah. Because most female watches, the face is really small because they have more dainty wrists, I guess. And men's watches are big. It looked like it looked like a men's Rolex. So I kind of thought that was deliberate to like tease you away from from her. I mean, but I hope we get a second season of this. It definitely doesn't feel like the definitive end of of Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. No, um, absolutely not. I definitely no, have a feeling we'll like see him again. And like, no, I don't even think so. I, f- I still feel like he's very much going to be involved in the MCU moving forward because now you have like Kate staying at his house. Um, he's basically adopting her. It looks yeah, like they introduced the watch. So I think that's going to play a lot into secret invasion. I think what this, ep- what this series did is pl- set up a lot to go towards secret invasion. As far as like maybe his wife's actually a scroll or, you know, who knows, but I think that's what I think we'll see so- him again in that. I, I agree with you, Matt. And for the simple fact that in this episode they made a a purposeful attempt to 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 let you know that Clint Barton sees Kate Bishop as a partner. Mm-hmm. It, it said it a couple times, and this is not the the this is not how somebody speaks if they're planning on walking away from the superhero gig. Because obviously he didn't die, so he'd still be around. So if you look at a person like somebody that's going to walk away from the superhero gig is not referring to their successor as their partner repeatedly. I, I yeah. truly think that a future stuff is going to be the two of them with with uh, Laura Barton or, or Bobby Morris. Yeah, maybe I just she was or he Clint was referring to her as Hawkeye at the end. 
At least that's what I thought was being alluded to. When well, she was it, coming up did, with names, and they did tease that where she's coming up with names, and he's like, "Hey, I've got a good one," and then it pops up the the title screen, and, and you move on. Yeah, but they're both, but they both in the comics, they both exist as Hawkeye, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like one takes the mantle and the other one goes away, right? And every time, every every time I talk about Hawkeye, I can't help but think. Sorry, this is a quick anecdote, but my. Uh, nephews when they were about three years old we have a video of them to where their parents are asking them to say hawkeye and it sounds like they keep saying hot guy over <laughs> and over again and so Dude, every time i guys. yeah every time i hear the name hawkeye i think of that hot guy so he can be hot guy and she can be hawk eye going forward. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, go ahead no i i i did want to point out one other thing so they kept teasing the suits you know, uh, Clint Barton didn't want a suit. They keep teasing the suits. Like every episode, mm-hmm. it was like they were teasing the suits and his branding. I think the when he f- reveals that he's wearing the suit would have held a lot more water if they didn't put it in every single poster. Yeah, before True. the episode aired, like I like every... how her, I like how her suit gets debuted though, where she's fighting the elevator and Elena takes her coat off. She's like, "Did you mean for that to happen?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Elena, stop making me like you. <laughs> Elena, if she keeps going in this direction, is quickly going to become my most favorite character in the entire MCU. Like every time she's on screen, I she's just so light up. Like that was that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about them fighting. Oh, I love her to pieces. She's the only good part of Black Widow, the movie. Like every scene that she's in it. In fact, I might watch it again just to watch her scenes because she's that good. Um, I just love her. And they use the music from Black Widow, her theme and all that. I would love to see her because Deadpool is the other funny character I can think of that's now in the MCU. I'd love to see a conversation between those two on screen. You just want to see a conversation between Deadpool and everybody. Yeah. This is a very common thing to say. I don't don't really care. I did like when she like grappling hooks to go out the window and down the side of the building, and Kate tries to follow suit, and she like eats it. Like she's oh, not as graceful as I rewound life. it. I rewound it and <laughs> called my wife in to watch that scene. I said, "Look how awesome she is!" <laughs> and I rewound it just to show her that scene where she's screaming the whole way down, and then she does like she lands with the superhero pose, mm-hmm. like perfect. Oh, I love such it. a poser. <laughs> I saw a funny meme about oh. Spider-Man always posing and Yelena. Oh, such a poser. I, that would have been awesome if she said that when she landed. That would have mm-hmm. been funny. That's a missed opportunity. <laughs> All right. We don't want to like, overplay the jokes, right? I, but I, I mean, I, I thought the fight with them, with her and Clint was a little like, I don't know, the, just the dialogue and how quick it went through. and like, But I, I did like that he wasn't fighting back. Like he really wasn't fighting back against her. Yeah, it could have been longer, but like I said, this this could have been. They could have added another episode. Yeah, and and just made it so much more rich. Like a lot of the scenes felt over too quickly. Like, yeah. So they're 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 basically breaking into this gala, and what were they doing at the gala? They were trying to catch her mother, party. right? Yeah, they were, yeah, trying, they were trying to catch her mom. Yeah. So they have this. They're trying to catch the mom. They're also fighting Kingpin. They're also fighting Yelena. They're also fighting the tracksuit bros. And then they have to show that Jack is innocent. And then they have to, you know what I mean? There's so much going on. And I understand why the episode was long. But I felt like you could have had an episode where they 
catch her mom or like interrogating her and then kingpin comes and wants to kill her and like they use her as bait or something and then you know what i mean like i felt and then you yeah. another episode would have been good i agree yeah just, like so i do agree that it was way too it was over way too quickly and it, and it's the longest mcu episode today a little over an hour with credits yeah with credits, like an yeah. hour and like five minutes with credits yeah, so it's technically thirty minutes of, of episode. Well, and seven minutes of that is the fucking you can do it all. I can do this all day musical. I showed my wife that too because I was laughing my ass off. Oh, that, then, you like that? I was just like, when is this gonna end? When are you gonna get to the part that's good? And then it ended. And I'm oh, like, that I was did it. That's what Matt was saying earlier. It felt kind of like a rickroll. Like I thought I was gonna get some sort of. I even forwarded all the way to the where it was showing who the Brazilian. Um, voice dubs actors were i was like what the fuck there's no more seriously but when i watched on my second watch now knowing that there was no more i had my wife watch it because i thought she would have enjoyed it and then i showed her in episode one Ooh, brazilian where jeremy renner i remember that specifically because i kept pressing 10 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds and then realized that i was just replaying the last 10 seconds because there was no more like yeah. so it kept showing me the brazilian there. yeah so i showed her that part because um i thought that was hilarious like i don't know i don't know i like musicals and that was a, that was an, a, I can do an attack it was an attack on my ears and my eyes i love the song awful it's so bad I, lo- no. I love the song i thought it was well written no. no i thought it was funny it was meant to so be bad. funny but so bad no i, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they got some big, some big Broadway producer to write that. <laughs> they did, and they're gonna get like a Tony. They'll probably end up getting like a Tony for it. Yeah. Too. But all right, so that's I enough about, about the final episode of Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Um, I think it was a, a series that cut a little bit of that could have and should have went a, a few more episodes. I don't know why Marvel likes to do these only six episodes. Why can't you just give us a ten episode season and let us let us have enjoy the goodies a little bit more? But it does turn the page that we're we're only a week away from Book of Boba Fett. So, yep. which is that going to be six episodes? How many episodes is that? You transition from Probably Marvel eight. to to Star Wars, so and then you got nothing Jingle. till May. <laughs> yeah, but um, all right. So let's change gears here because it's going a little bit longer than we wanted to. Uh, so this episode is it's two and two. So it's a holiday episode where we're gonna, we reviewed Spider Man and the final episode of Hawkeye. Um, but we also aren't going to be back until after the new year. So we wanted to kind of give you on this show, we talk about movies and comics and video games and pretty everything, much everything nerdy. And we wanted to give you our own top five lists um, for the year of 2021. So we divided it up where Max took video games. So we're going to get Max's top five video games of 2021. I took comics since I'm really the only comic book reader on the show. So I did that's my top five comic books of 2021. And then, you know, Lance being the, the movie guy that he is, we gave him the top, his favorite movies of 2021. So who wants, which one of us want to go first well, on the list? And I just checked and mine, it hasn't updated with mine. So Max, you need to back this out and, and reload it. So it puts my slides in there. But uh, one of you guys can go first. Yours aren't in there? No, I just checked. Yeah, but they're okay. definitely in the in the actual thing. Let's not spend too much on that, but Matt, why don't you go? Uh... So we, well, we got we got video games, comics, and movies. 
Yeah, I was gonna let Max go first with the video games. Yeah, and I was I was gonna go first, but now you're telling me that the uh, slide presentation isn't amateur up to date. Even on even on pre-record, it's amateur hour. <laughs> right well, the amateur well, hour comes from the fact that Lance didn't pre-make slides. God. Well, because you know why I said it before the show started. Because <laughs> he didn't read the text. No. <laughs> All right, I re-uploaded it. Let's. Uh, He's too busy filming with his wood. There. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and just do my my review my my top five. So, top five video games of the of the year 2021. Um, I'm gonna say right off the bat, 2021, in my opinion, hasn't been the strongest year for video games. There have been some really good games, but like when you look at 2020 for me. I can think of at least two games that are better than any game I'm about to list. 2018, I can think of three or four games that are better than any game I'm about to list. So uh, that's not, I don't want to discount the games like they're good, but um, there's, there have been stronger years. Um, but number five, coming in at number five is Forza Horizon 5. This has been my go-to game lately because I've been wanting to read books or listen to audiobooks anyway, and so I throw it on, I race, I listen to my book. I've probably put 40 to 50 hours of, into this this game because I'm listening to audiobooks so much. I've been playing it on PC and on Xbox, and it's a blast. It is a very well-built racer. The Forza Horizon games always are, though, so it's not a surprise. Um, some people put this as their game of the year. I don't understand why, uh, but maybe it's just because I'm not really into the genre as much. I enjoy racing games. I, I play all the Forza games, but... Uh, or at least the Forza Horizon ones. But anyway, uh, that's my number five. I, I really enjoyed it. At number four is going to be Kena Bridge of Spirits. This is one I hadn't even heard of until maybe a year ago. Um, maybe maybe even less. But it's a brand new studio that made it. And this is their first game. And usually the studio does animation for movies. And Kena is this just delightful, basically Pixar movie that you get to play. Like the graphics seriously look like a Pixar movie, and 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 it's just a delight. It's got a fun fun story, some decent combat, some fun platforming. Um, it's just just a good time. You're you know if you've got kids that enjoy watching Pixar, put this game on and, and play it in front of them. It's on PS5 and it's on uh, it's on uh, PC. And I didn't say for Forza, it's, that's on Xbox and PC. But I, I played Keena on, on my PC. At number three, I'm going to put Halo Infinite. Um, people may have thought that this would be higher on my list, I, but it isn't. I uh, loved it. I did love Halo Infinite. I talked about it last week, so I'm not going to keep talking too much about it. But the gameplay loop is tight. The, um, the, the story was really, really enjoyable. I loved Halo Infinite, uh, and so that's why it's at my number three. That one is on Xbox Xbox, and PC, and I, I played it on both. That's been the fun part about these Game Pass games is I can play it on both systems. Sometimes I wanted to play on my couch. Sometimes I wanted to play on in, at my uh, desk. At number two is Deathloop. This was a surprise. Uh, Lance is messing with the stream. Just, just, <laughs> just give me a second. I uploaded the right one. <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll use yours going forward. So go. Deathloop. Deathloop is my number two. This game was a surprise. I didn't think I was going to get it. I've been seeing the marketing since they announced it, and I'm like, yeah, it looks okay. It looks interesting, but I don't know. And then it came out, I think, in uh, was it September, August? I can't remember. I think it was September. And there just wasn't really anything else out, and so I decided, screw it. I'm going to pick this game up. I'm going to roll the dice. I want something new to play. 
and it was a pleasant surprise. It was so fun. The gameplay is is really cool. Um, the mechanics are really interesting. The um, the story is is it's not your typical story. There's not like cutscenes, really. Um, but as you're playing the game, it's this time loop thing, and you've got Juliana here in the picture on the left. She's constantly talking to you and taunting you and hunting you, and um, just just a really fun time. And it presented some really cool platforming and some good challenges. And uh, yeah, so that's gonna be my number it, two game. It kind of it kind of reminds me of the movie Looper with Bruce Willis. I mean, I can see why you would say that, but it's it's really stylized compared to Looper. Yeah, but just like the, the premise, so, so it's it's interesting. Is all I was trying to say. I mean, oh, I okay. like Looper. Then you should have just said it was interesting. I mean, I don't know what you're trying to get at there. <laughs> I was trying to give. I was trying to give our <laughs> listeners some context. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, at number one is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't expect to like this game, let alone love it. Great game. Uh, I I saw the trailer at like E3 this year, and I thought that looks awful. Like legitimately, I thought it looked terrible. I thought the gameplay looked bad. I thought the graphics looked bad. I thought the the voice acting looked awful. And then um, they started releasing previews, and some of the podcasts I listened to were saying, "No, it's actually really fun. It's pretty good." Um, but they weren't saying that it was great. They just said that it was pretty good. And I'm like, it was another one of those. You know what? It's a it's a Marvel game, and I don't have anything else I'm playing. Let's try it. And I couldn't put it down. I think I finished it and three four days i just hooked it up and, and played it on my pc and just had the greatest time playing still it. haven't beaten it yet i'm sorry to hear that man it, i haven't, I haven't oh, touched end, it since the last time we talked about it the it's end is got the, so fun that's the best story all year that i played in video games but the, the gameplay was really fun it could be better i mean it's not a perfect game but i loved it so that's my game of the year list guardians of the galaxy is my top for 2021 but again not not to discount these games because they're good, but I can think of Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us 2. Those are two games from last year that to me are better than any game on this list. Uh, you know, or God of War from 2018 or um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Miles those Morales. Like, dude, that's crazy that, that like the last two years with the pandemic are just a blur. Like, it feels like Ghost of Tsushima came out this year, like early this year. Yeah, that was July. I remember because I, I played it right after my kid was born. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing of Miles Morales. And the same thing with um Last of Us too. Like it feels like it yeah. was like this year. Like it's yeah. crazy. But it was early 2020. I had to look up what movies were released this year because I'm like, I'm I know I'm gonna put on one that came out last year. <laughs> I was thinking that I was thinking that earlier with some of the movies. I, I was just thinking earlier today of my personal movie movies of the year and some of them, I'm like, wait, did that come out in 2020? I don't remember now. Yeah, so that's my list. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Bad boy. All right, so I did my top five comics of the year. Starting at number five, I have Venom, the Donny Cates run. This last year, Venom was one of the most hyped books. As You have the King in Black event. You have the Null stuff. Everything, everything was hot, hot, hot with Venom in 2021. Um, and now we're starting to turn that corner where it's cooling a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, but Venom was definitely one of the most talked about and sought after, uh, books in 2021. Number four, I, I have the that cover Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Ronin. Now I know Last Ronin technically started in 2020, 
but a lot of the majority of the issues came out in 2021. It's still a, a, this this is spanning almost three years now because it started in 2020, went through all of 2021, and it's going to finish at the beginning of 2022. So Last Ronin has been one of the most highly sought after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles books of the year. I mean, it brought back the original um, creative team of Eastman and Laird for it. Uh, it's just been one of those go-to hot series the moment it comes out, and it definitely dominated 2021. Just Even goes though to show it's you hard in, in 2020. Just goes to show you how how much Eastman and Laird together it is just perfect. It's perfection. Yes, or how much people are craving turtles like new turtles content good turtles content <laughs> yeah right yeah good content. <laughs> number three for me was a book that took uh the community by storm and that stray dogs from tony fleece and trish fortner um this book is exploded it's still one of the most sought after books their horror variant covers are crazy people go crazy for these variants upwards of you know these these stores put up exclusive variants they sell out in five seconds and then they go for two three four hundred dollars online um insane book it was an insane story uh if you're any interested if you're like a horror fan it's basically um a murder mystery seen through the eyes of dogs where this man is killing dog owners and then kidnapping them taking their dogs and you kind of the story plays out through the eyes of the dog trying to figure out what happened to its owner um it was is a it a huge hit is it tied to cowboy bebop no <laughs> it was a huge hit it um it was so much so that like they had a, a free comic book day book for as a prequel for it and then they have a two issue miniseries sequel coming out uh at the end of the year and into next year uh if you haven't read stray dogs yet you can get the trades it's it's a lot of it's a really good read i'd highly recommend it Number two for me was kind of a surprise of the year. Uh, it was Robin from uh, Williams is writing it. It's basically if Damian Wayne entered a Mortal Kombat tournament, and that's that's pretty much the 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 premise of it. It was the it's got an amazing creating team. It surprised me. It's Damian Wayne's first solo series. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really exciting. And it's probably one of the best things to come out of DC Comics this year. Almost as good as my number one, and that's Nightwing. Um, the creative team in Nightwing is fantastic. The story in Nightwing has been fantastic. Nightwing is one of those characters that's always been hit or miss. But this year when they relaunched uh, this series, it came out swinging. And it's been, well, they was, when I say relaunched, they changed creative teams. Um, it's been a fantastic read. It's one of the surprising DC books. It's a DC book that I went to month after month after month this year. So I could not pass up putting Nightwing as number one. If you're not reading the current Nightwing run, do yourself a favor. Go to your local comic shop and and pick it up and enjoy Tom Taylor just recreating the greatness that everyone knows from Nightwing. Those are my top five comic book series of the year. All can't miss. You should be reading all of them. There's so many choices here. But when I narrowed it down, I went to books that I was shocked by, couldn't wait to read, always referring to people and, and books that are just like ones that I, I couldn't put down. And that's that's kind of how I came to my top five list. 
I was kind of surprised Dark Ages didn't make it on your list because you, you know, seem to really love that book. It was there, but it hasn't finished yet, and it's only a, it's a mini series, and I don't I don't want to give that too much. I love it so far, but what I've learned from being a Marvel fan from all these years, especially Spider Man, is that these event books start massive, and then they fade Taper out. Off. Yeah. They fade out as quickly as they started. So um, that's that's kind of why I didn't put any event books unless they had finished like Stray Dogs has finished. Um, I did put Last Ronin in there. It's a six-issue book, but I mean, even at issue five, I can't wait for issue six, and, and it's doing it like... It, it made it on there because there's three months in between each book because they read some quarterly, and I'm still invested. I'll wait that time to, to yeah. read the next one. So it's, it's keeping my attention. It's so good. It's keeping me invested. So I, I felt like it, it belonged in the list. So I'm going to go over my top five movies of the year. And there were so many movies that I could have put on this list. And it was really hard to narrow it down to five. Um, and my first book is, or my first movie is uh, Dune. And I chose this picture because it looks like a cat's asshole. And I thought it was funny. Uh <laughs> But Dune, <laughs> Dune would have been higher on my list if I didn't have to wait so long for part two and if there wasn't the speculation that part two wasn't going to get made until they finally announced it. Um, but Timothy Chalamet was excellent in it. Uh, kind of felt misled by the trailer because it made it seem like Zendaya was going to be a main character and she's in it yeah. all but five minutes. Um, Jason Momoa is fantastic. It's just a really great movie. And to see it in th- this movie... I agree with, uh, is it Villeneuve that directed it, Max? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with his sentiment that this is a movie that you need to see in theaters because I watched it at home and it does not hold the same weight as it did in the movie theater. It's visually stunning and it's just a beautiful movie. Even scenes like this where it's completely orange and brown are just visually stunning with cats' anuses. So, um, he's just my, saying that because he wants your money, he wants you to go to the theaters and he wants your 1250. <laughs> that's all. Uh, so my next movie is No Time to Die, Jane Spawn. And this movie would have been higher on my list if Remy Malik's villain wasn't so poorly done. But as far as Jane's Bond is concerned and showing the humanity of Jane's Bond and and that he does care about the people that are close to him and just being a proper ending to to daniel craig's uh journey as james bond it's a great movie uh aside from the villain the villain's probably the weakest part of this movie yeah. um but i would definitely recommend and and f- this movie and dune could have been flip-flopped um uh, as four and five I, I had a hard time picking one over the other um but it's an excellent movie go go check it out number three a quiet place part two criminally movie, low on your list criminally low well, wait till you see one, two and one. <laughs> I don't care. This should be one. It's hard for me to pick, man. Like, no, it's not number one. It, you'll see. Uh, Quiet Place Part 2 shocked me because when they announced that a second one was going to be made. So the first one is adapted from a book. Uh, John Krasinski directed it, both starred and directed in the first one. Um, he directed this one, and it was completely original story. Uh, the sequel not being derived from any any uh, prior novelizations or anything like that. And Emily Blunt and these two kids that you see on screen are just fantastic. It's heartwarming. It's it's scary. Um, I would almost say that it tops the first one. And the first one to me is just phenomenal. But I remember 
walking out of the movie theater. This was the first movie I went back to see post pandemic. And I couldn't have been happier as far as uh, my first reintroduction into the movie theaters. And it was just great. And, um, I assume by the popularity of this one that they will probably make a third one. And I can't wait if, if the story, if they figure out a way to make a rich story again, I will definitely be the first in line. Number two, and this might be some bias here. Ghostbusters afterlife. I fucking love this movie and to this one. And my top one could have been flip flopped as well. But I'm a huge Ghostbusters geek. I love everything about Ghostbusters. I collect the toys. I've watched Ghostbusters 1 and 2 more than 100 times each. Uh, Paul Rudd is phenomenal. Um, McKenna Grace as Phoebe is just fantastic. Uh, Matt got his nickname from from uh, <laughs> podcast here. The only, the only downside to this movie is Finn Wolfhard just seems... Um, not needed really i mean in this picture it looks like he kind of smelled a bad fart just then (laughs) (laughs) he looks very oddly photoshopped in there doesn't he (laughs) yeah it it but i really someone was like hey let's get one of those stranger kid things in here to sell this movie (laughs) (laughs) they already know he looked good in the suit because he wore it in stranger things um i really hope they continue this story i really um you know originally when it was when it was uh pitched to the studios this was going to be you know the close out the trilogy but they they found they struck gold with this with mckenna grace and podcast um and paul rudd for that matter it just seems like a natural fit into these movies and i really hope it continues and the best part about this movie is the egon ghost at the end of the movie and it just felt like a really good um uh, homage to him and and the legacy that he had on ghostbusters i thought it was very tasteful and uh, i just love everything about it my first movie spider-man no way home now do you see why quiet place part three isn't number one yeah i still don't agree with you but also based on your review earlier this evening how do you even like this movie everyone except for me had nothing but bad to say about it i love this movie i i love it there is just in it, it's strictly i love it because of the fan oh, service if you're listening by the way it's spider-man no way home i don't know if we said that out loud i did say that okay sorry but you're just so into your quiet place part three or part two thing that you, you weren't listening he's so he's so <laughs> geeked about it he's already got a part three of it uh yes this movie has its faults and no, do I think it's the best MCU movie ever made? No, that belongs to Endgame. Do I think it's the best Spider-Man movie ever made? No, that belongs to Spider-Man 2. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is just fantastic. Do I think that this movie took an incredible amount of fan service and made it and put it into a movie that could have crashed and burned, much like Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2 did, with too many villains, too many plot lines, too many things going on and could have crashed and burned? Yes, this movie had the potential to do that. Do I think it did that? No. Um, Tom Holland is the prototypical Peter Parker. I think he's he's the best Spider-Man we've ever had. I love Andrew Garfield and I love Tobey Maguire, but as far as Peter Parker and Spider-Man goes and the duality between between those two characters, because they are two separate characters, um, Tom Holland does it beautifully. Uh, 
Zendaya is fantastic in this. All of our all of our villains, uh, Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe. Um, I, I kind of strike Jamie Foxx from that because I didn't really like him as much. But Willem Dafoe and, and Alfred Molina are fantastic. Uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, they're fantastic. But I do have issues with this movie. It's just the case of what movie got me the most excited when I was sitting in that chair and what movie have I not been able to stop talking about since I've watched it? And it's this one, but that's my list. I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think, Max? What would your, what would your number one been? Quiet Quiet place. Place Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting because I haven't rewatched a quiet place part two, but that's also because to me, that's not a, it's not that it's not rewatchable because it is, but it's not a movie I want to rewatch because it gave me anxiety because it's so well done. Yeah. Um, like it's when we were at couch crunchers, we were rating movies, you know, out of five. It's the only movie I can think of this year that I gave a five out of five to. And so by default, that has to be my number one. Like it, it was so freaking good, but I like a lot of these on your list. Uh, Spider-Man away home probably would have made my list. Um, a time to, no time to die probably would have made my list dune would have made my list i don't know if ghostbusters was i wasn't as jazzed about it as you but it might have i, I don't know I, I didn't put a list together but uh, a lot of this stuff would have been on my list too yeah when when you go and look at the movies that were released this year you realize there was really slim pickings and of course i haven't watched the matrix or the king's man which the king's man i hear is actually pretty dang good which i'm kind of excited to see really it. interesting i heard it was really bad Really, I heard well, it's that's a just lot what of fun. I saw on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes had it at like a 44. Oh, yeah, I don't like trust that. Rotten Tomatoes. That's Rotten fair. Tomatoes right now would put this as a best picture in the Oscars, and <laughs> I and I don't think it deserves that either. Um, yeah. if this gets nominated for best picture and Winter Soldier did not, that makes no sense to me because Winter Soldier is a better movie. This, than this. this won't get nominated for best picture. Well, Black Panther shocked me and it got nominated, but. I mean, yeah, I, I love know. Black Panther, but not as a best picture. Um, but uh, yeah, if you haven't watched any of these movies, go check them out. They're fantastic. Um, I love them all. Uh, but like I said, they, they could all be number ones in my book. Like, it's really hard to pick. Yeah, awesome. there was, I think there was a lot of great movies that came out this year. A lot, a lot of good entertainment. You guys got anything else you want to touch on before we end it? Um, did no, you guys... I... Did you guys read uh, just real quick? Because I I noticed we didn't go over any like geek news, but did you guys see there's there's a bit of a uproar about them changing the Punisher's logo? No, yeah, I didn't see that. I I did see that. They did it because they're tired of organizations or groups or the police or you know parading around. Yeah, using the the Punisher's logo to fit their agenda and trying to make that logo fit an agenda. So they went ahead and repurposed it and trademarked it. So now they're going to just sue the shit out of anybody that tries to use the new logo going forward and trademarked it and all that. So yeah, it's, it looks stupid because it's not the, the tip prototypical Punisher skull, but in like f- four or five years, who's going to care, you know, if that long. Well, I just have to say this about the new logo. It looks like a vagina. <laughs> like is a it the one with skull. like a devil horns coming out yeah. of it? Mm-hmm. Flip yeah, it upside down. Flip it upside like down, it. and it's a vagina. <laughs> oh, if you want to see vaginas, just watch Zack Snyder's Justice League when 
Clark is in his alien spaceship duties. Oh my literally, God. that's all there is behind him is vaginas. <laughs> Anyways, but, enough in fact, I, talk. I just looked it up, and the first thing is Marvel changes Punisher into a vagina. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> first article. <laughs> wow. Nice. Wow. I just think that's an iconic logo, and it is. I Absolutely. could un- I could understand if like terrorist groups and things like that are using it, but I think they could have changed it without the the walrus fangs and the devil horns, and it could have made it different enough to where you know it, it would be different enough to where they could still trademark it. But listen, I understand that you're upset because your QAnon group can't use that <laughs> logo as as a symbol anymore. All right, but no, but. Seriously, yeah, that's that's why they did it because yeah, the old skull was it. so freaking cool looking though. So I I think it's it's, a bit it's of a, just being used in and these groups are trying to get it to fit their agenda and what they stand for versus what the symbol was originally meant to. Which is funny that they would ever want to use that logo because Punisher is a pretty ruthless character, and I don't know if. I was a police officer. If I would want to be associated with the kind of character the Punisher is, no, the Punisher know. is like completely outside the law. He's a, he's well, he was yeah. a murderer. Frank Castle was a police officer, though, so like he he ended up taking the law in his own hands when his family gets killed. But yeah, which is exactly what the cops don't want people to do is take the law <laughs> into their own hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't. It's kind of in my yeah. mind, it's a little hypocritical when they use that logo. Yeah, but I mean. I uh, I I don't know. I don't see the point in changing it, really, especially something that's not nearly as good. You know, yeah, what but... they changed it to looks like crap. Oh well, but I don't yeah. I don't have anything else. It's been a great year. It's been fun podcasting with you guys. I'm looking forward to twenty twenty one. Merry yeah, Christmas! Looking forward to twenty twenty one again. Twenty twenty two. I'm gonna I'm really not looking forward to twenty twenty one. I want I'm this year to be over. Twenty twenty two. Lots of good. Good movies coming out. Great video games coming out. John Wick, not though. That was delayed to twenty twenty three. Yes. What? Yeah, they announced that, that like twenty minutes before Today? we got to record. Yeah. yeah. And I bring up the Punisher logo, and you don't bring up that. Well, it's yeah. because I'm trying not to get us keep us going. This was supposed yeah. to be like a forty five minute episode. Five <laughs> five minutes. Five so minutes good. to add that John Wick has been pushed a whole another year is enough. Did we have that <laughs> when we did our top list? Did we have that most likely to be pushed? We no. We thought it was. No. I think we put it in the B tier. Yeah, so it just goes to show how good we are at our jobs. <laughs> well, on that note, everything. <laughs> guys, I, I want to thank everyone who listens to this podcast or watches this on YouTube for their support this past year. Um, I understand it was a rocky one with me leaving, with, you know, all of us leaving and going to flip side and then me coming back and graciously getting uh, Max and Lance to, the opportunity to, to work with you guys and have you join show has been great i um, loved every second of it I'm, I, I mean i love being here we're we're still just finding our footing together and kind of finding the and reshaping the identity of of what this show is going to be and what this podcast is moving forward and you know it's it, all i could say is it's always it's only the beginning i can't wait to see what 2022 brings what great stuff we uh roll into 2022 and just kind of see where this where this podcast is uh at now and where it can go so can't wait to see what guests we get what content what memories we make uh and i can't run, wait to to visit it next year this time when we have a full year of of doing the show together and 
and content and just just having a great time so i just want to say thank you to you two for for coming on board and uh helping me put this thing back together and kind of taking it over and making it your own as well and and i can't wait to see what uh what greatness we we produce together i'm excited moving forward so. yeah it's been fun um yeah. i wouldn't say i wish you all a happy holiday if you're in the states you celebrate christmas a merry christmas a happy new year i hope it's safe um fun and i hope uh 2020 2022 is the the turning point for all of us where we can get back out there and get to cons and and you know be face to face and hanging out and and having a good time and just be man if you're if you're not now and you want to be creative make 2022 your your creative year do something creative get in a hobby that's creative whether it's art reading comics reading books video games going to you know reviewing movies doing podcasts whatever it is just fit a little bit more creativity in the in your life and i think it'll be uh it'll it'll bring some joy back into the world so. and show it to us maybe we'll talk about it yeah our- there you go so you know we got a, all amazing shirts coming out we got so much lance has been hard at work stocking the all oh, kinds man, of yeah. absolute geek gear down i'm running out of ideas man i need you guys to float <laughs> me some ideas because so, i I, th- I think what i've got is those shirts are pretty cool huh yeah there's been some yeah. stuff some, so some look at that some good you ones. can uh, <laughs> check out our shop if you want to get some of our gear but uh yeah i think that's where i'm gonna stop rambling and just say i, I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and and what you guys offer us and allowing us to entertain you for a few hours every week um has been a great pleasure of ours so for the final episode and the special holiday episode of that but for the final episode of the absolute geek Cop podcast for 2021 i am matt i'm lance i'm max and saying we will see you guys next year All you freaks and geeks Come all you freaks and geeks Let's listen to Absolute Geek Absolute Geek We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks Spread the cheeks And drink some Cosby wine (laughs) We'll drink some Cosby wine It makes me feel real fine See you next time on the Absolute Geek.